Hey, everybody. What's happening? Next Friday night and Saturday night, I'm on the road. Friday night is all sold out. That is going to be in Nashville at the Ryman, where they do the Grand Ole Opry. Uh, Saturday night, first show sold out in Charlotte. Second show, there's still some tickets available. That's Saturday night, the 31st. That's all I got for now. In terms of comedy uh, dates, JoeRogan.com is the website. JoeRogan.com forward slash tour. Or you can just you can figure it out. Scroll down. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Onnit. O-N-N-I-T. We are a total human optimization company with a lot of cool shit to go through. Um, one of the big things that we have is the Onnit Academy. If you click on the link in the upper right-hand corner, that shows you what Onnit's all about. It's It's just... All cool articles on nutrition, on exercise, different workouts of the day, different Q&As. We have an actual physical Onnit Academy, which is in Austin, Texas, uh, where, where you can learn 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu, Bang Boy Thai, um, and, and, of course, state-of-the-art strength and conditioning um, facility. We have strength and conditioning equipment for your home. We sell that at Onnit. That's a big part of what we are. Um, kettlebells, battle ropes, supplements. All kinds of great shit. Go to onnit.com, use the code word Rogan, and save 10% off any and all supplements. We're also brought to you by the Black Tux. Do you have an event coming up, ladies and gentlemen, where you have to look like a fancy man? I shouldn't say ladies and gentlemen. That's kind of ridiculous. I'm talking about the men. Well, listen, everyone wants to look as good as their date at a wedding or a special event, but the trouble is... There's no way you want to spend the amount of time or money that your gal did shopping for her outfit. Chicks are into that stuff, right? TheBlackTux.com is your answer. With high-quality rental suits and tuxedos delivered to your doorstep, The Black Tux lets you create your own look or choose from tons of stylist-selected outfits, suits that usually retail for $1,200. But at The Black Tux... They start at just $95 to rent them. Expert customer care has your back every step of the way. Completely done online. With the Black Tux free home try-on, you can see the fit and feel the quality of your suit months before your event. After ordering, your suit will arrive 14 days before your event. If anything is less than perfect, the Black Tux will send you a free replacement right away. When your event is over, just drop your rental back in the mail. Shipping is free both ways. To get 20 bucks off your purchase, visit theblacktux.com forward slash Rogan. That's theblacktux.com forward slash Rogan for $20 off your purchase. The Black Tux. Premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. Duh, duh, duh. We're also brought to you by Square Cash. Square Cash, ladies and gentlemen, the simplest and easiest way for you to send and receive money with friends and family. And now you can even buy and sell Bitcoin instantly with the Cash app. If you have been curious about Bitcoin and don't know where to get started, this is a great way to start. You can buy instantly. Sign up, buy instantly within minutes. And you don't have to buy an entire Bitcoin. You can buy as little as a dollar. Plus, most buys and sales happen in seconds. You can keep your funds right in the app or cash out directly to your bank account at any time. Could not be simpler. And when you sign up for the Square Cash app that you can get for free at the App Store or Google Play, use the promo code Joe Rogan, all one word. You will get $5, and $5 will go to our good friend Justin Wren's Fight for the Forgotten Charity, which is building wells for the pygmies in the Congos. And I'm very happy to announce that through the Cash app, we've already raised thousands of dollars to help build wells. 
So Square Cash, get the app for free in the App Store or Google Play. And again, use the promo code Joe Rogan. You get five bucks and five bucks goes to an amazing cause. And last but not least, we are brought to you by Quip. Quip is the toothbrush that I use. Now, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day, right? Quip knows that, and they've combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. It's very compact. It's ergonomic. It's pretty. It's a slimmer design. It's a new electric toothbrush that packs the right amount of vibrations into this slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric toothbrushes. And guiding pulses alert you when to switch sides so you can be like no-brain it. You know what I'm saying? Making brushing the right amount effortless. Quip comes with the mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether it's going to the gym uh, or putting it in your carry-on bag if you're traveling. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. And most, most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year. But Quip did, and you could find out for yourself why. Quip, Q-U-I-P, starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com forward slash Rogan right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. So that's get your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com forward slash Rogan. Getquip.com forward slash Rogan. Ta-da! All right, my guests today are uh, my good friend Vinny Shorman. Vinny has been on the podcast before. He is a mental coach, uh, a hypnotist. He hypnotized me. That shit works. I know you're like, what? Is that real? Yeah, it's real. And uh, he's also a commentator for um, international world championship Muay Thai events. And he brought with him Liam Harrison, eight-time world Muay Thai champion. Uh, Really interesting guy and just... Just a fucking great person and one of the best Muay Thai kickboxers on the planet Earth. So please welcome Vinnie Shorman and Liam Harrison. Joe Rogan Podcast, check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Boom, and we're live with my pal Vinnie Shorman and eight-time world Muay Thai champion Liam Harrison. Ah, Thank you for having me. Fuck yeah, dude. Great to be here. Great to see you guys, Yeah, we love it. Um, listen, man, I'm a, I'm a big fan of all combat sports, but I really believe that if there's one sport that doesn't get its due, it's Muay Thai. I really don't understand why it hasn't taken off in America. I, I don't get it. I love boxing. Boxing's a lot of fun. I think Muay Thai is twice as fun. Yeah, it's twice as hard as well, I think. I mean, I fought pro boxing and I've had over 100 Muay Thai fights. It's definitely a lot harder. I mean, it is getting more mainstream now along with the MMA because most of the top MMA fighters are doing Muay Thai for the stand-up, but it's still not where it needs to be. And yeah, it's, it's weird, right? Yeah, I mean, I think what puts a lot of people off uh, Muay Thai is the uh, maybe the two-minute break and also the... the two-minute tradi- break in between rounds? Yeah, and the yeah. traditional music and stuff like that. People find that hard to take too, really, which is... 
I, I mean, I love it, so I don't see that problem, but I can see outside the box with that as well. So. Well, I feel like the two-minute break gives guys more of a chance to recover, yep. which makes the fights more exciting. You have more energy. And uh, I don't care about the... the Dance the Y crew that doesn't bother me. You're a fan, aren't you? You're a martial I, arts fan. I mean, to sit down and watch. I am, with but bears watch and... baseball. Baseball is so fucking <laughs> yeah, exactly. boring. Rounders. It's crazy how yeah. boring it is. A lot of shows in England now they've started to cut out all the traditional stuff. There's no Ramu, no Y crew. You get right. in the ring, you face off, bell goes, go straight away. So they're trying to cut little aspects of it out just to make it more media. Uh, fan friendly really yeah we should probably explain to people that don't know what we're talking about though the the dance that they do it's called the y crew right yeah the rum y and it's what's what is the headband that they put on what is that the monk Kong. that's the monk Kong. Yeah. and when you're doing the dance the idea is like to warm up yeah this there's, there's lots of different re- lots of different reasons why these different camps believe different things it's to do, mainly to do with buddhism Sealing the ring and then taking, uh, you know, playing respect to your gym, your 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 coaches, your parents, etc. Isn't it, Liam? Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy doing it. it. It sort of prepares me mentally for what's about to happen. Um, I've done it in nearly all my hundred and eight fights. Only the odd one or two where I've missed it when that's only been because I've been told by the promoters, right? No wrong way. I enjoy doing it, but like Vinny said, like some people who come to watch it, they just want to see fights. They don't want to see that aspect of the sport as well. They just want to see people getting torn up. And in case anybody didn't catch that through that dense accent, he just said 108 <laughs> fights. That's fucking crazy, man. That's a lot of fights. It is for a Westerner, but like a lot of the ties I'm coming across, there are 200, 300 plus. I remember last year I fought a tie, and um, they said, oh, Liam's had 100 fights. That is a lot. What do you think? And he said, I'd had 100 fights when I was 15 years old. Wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, that was Sing Damu who said that about it. So, 100 fights yeah. when he was 15. How is that even possible? I'm not sure. They must be fighting every week, every week. And yeah, just, 52 weeks a year. It's a, it's a living, isn't it? So, they, yeah. you know, they, if they don't eat, they don't... If it, in Thailand, if you don't fight, you don't eat. So, see ya. There's no uh, welfare or anything like that, so they have to do that. I had uh, former UFC uh, champion Pat Militich in yesterday, and we were talking about Muay Thai and how crazy it is that this one place, Thailand, developed this completely effective style. Like, they changed the way people fight. Yeah. I mean, they really did. Yeah, they did. If you look at all the other martial arts, whether it's karate or kung fu or anything else, like, they figured it out. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, but what's happening now is, as well, the Westerners are starting to catch them up now. I mean, remember the first time I went to Thailand? Not many people were going and um, not many people knew about fighting that Thai way. More and more Westerners now are going to live there. They're staying there for long periods of time. They're getting it down. And we I can compete with the top-level Thais now. Wow. Before, like, back in the day, there might have been, like, only Ramon Decker, Danny Beale... Obviously, John Wayne Parr, them guys. Yeah, Ronnie Green as well from England. Yeah, Ronnie Green from England. But now there's a lot, a lot, especially around Europe, French fighters, top level, British guys. We've got Danny McGowan in England. He's doing it. I mean, we are starting to really compete with people on top top level now. Is Muay Thai more popular in Europe than it is in America? Yeah. There's massive shows on in Europe every weekend. Really? I mean, in in America, there's like the main one's Lion Fight. Um, Yeah. We've got like two or three huge promotions in England now, Yokao. Um, there's Tanko, the French, they have massive shows on every weekend with top, top level fighters on, um, all over Poland and every, everywhere he's getting, he's getting huge. I'm a big fan of Lion Fight, but it seems to me that there's a lot of times where these guys come over and they're fighting someone that really doesn't belong in there with them. And you get to see like a Lurdzilla or something like that. That would be absolutely ridiculous. That the guy's first crazy. fight against a guy who's had 400 fights, like yeah. one of the best Thai champions of this era. It were... Yeah, and his first ever professional Muay Thai fight, he, he got, got well, his head ripped off. Yeah. That's the difference between Yoko and everything else, you know? Mm-hmm. That, um, 
they do it in such a way that it, the, the, the matchmaking Brian Calder who does the matchmaking our friend um, the, the, the fights are like really really always always competitive which I really enjoy and, and you've been doing commentary for them for how long? Uh, I've been doing commentary for Yokau since 2011 I met Stefania in, uh, when I was working for it Showtime and she asked me to work for them. I, I still have some of the old It's Showtime on my old... I have a DVR right. in my gym that's okay. like fucking 10 years old. And I still have your voice. Right. Yeah, screaming sorry about out over some pitch. I'm sorry it's about great. that. <laughs> it's great. You know, you, you know what? As, as, I've, as I've, I was going to say, as I've matured, but after the shenanigans we've got up to uh, <laughs> in the past, uh, you'd be surprised. But no, it's... it's um, you know, Yorkel's gone from strength to strength. You know, and... and it's Showtime offshoots like Glory and and Infusion who I work for now, you know it's they're so healthy at the minute. Yeah, it's so healthy kickboxing and Muay Thai. Is well, awesome. it's so high level. Yeah. It's just to me. I, I mean, I've sat down and thought about this alone by myself for hours on end, trying to think like what would be the way to get Muay Thai more popular in America. Because mm. me as a a person who loves combat sports, I look at Muay Thai and I'm like, this is the pinnacle of striking sports. It's the most exciting to me. I like the clinch. I like the elbows. I love kickboxing. I love glory. But I feel like there's something missing with that. Like just the stuff that you were showing me today with all the trips and the sweeps and all that stuff that's eliminated from glory. The thing is, the thing is with, with Liam as well, though, because he's got, such a, he's got a fan-friendly style. You know, he's not particularly a clincher, but he's, he's crash bang wallop and 150 mile an hour. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm his biggest fan. I mean, if you listen to the commentary, it's totally 100% biased. And I don't fucking care. And I love the kids. You know what I mean? I've known him since he was 15. I'm on my and back up floor. And he's like, look how well he's lying down. Oh, he's just doing it great. <laughs> he wear them anklet smashing, he does. But, you know, for me, it, it, it's his style that makes it exciting. You know? Yes. And, I think and that with the, me, the TV the thing, I think... To get it more popular, you need to pick and choose what fights you're putting on the TV. I think. Yeah. If you just put like a random show on with like three like fights that are terrible, but one's okay, you need to instead of it being live, maybe like pick and choose some good fights. Get it out there. Get people talking about it. Make them think. Wow, did you see that? Did you see them elbows? Did you see all that blood? See them sweeps? That's what I think. Yeah. yeah that's what I. That's what I do personally. But I feel like if a network like Fox took a chance and had one Saturday night and they promoted it and they we're going to show you the most dangerous stand-up strikers on the planet Earth. Like You might think that professional boxers are the most dangerous strikers, but they literally wouldn't last two rounds. They'd get oh. their legs kicked out from under them. They'd get kneed in the body and elbowed in the face. They'd get cut up and clinched and thrown to the ground. It's just a better style of fighting. And a guy like you on TV would be a whole lot of fun. I'm a big fan of the way you fight, man. You you fight like you got rabies. <laughs> it's, it's like what Vinny said. Um, I've always had that that type of style, but you know what? And sometimes I've probably lost fights on points because of going wanting to go for the kill. When probably I, if I'd have changed my game plan, I probably could have won. But that's just not what I'm about. I get in there and people coming to watch me fight and paying their hard-earned money to come and watch me fight. They want to see me smash someone's leg. They want to see me knock someone out. They want to see, even if it goes a distance, they want to see me put it all in there. And people are paying their money for that. So I feel like I've got a moral obligation to, to give them that. I mean, I can fight technical as well. I've had lots of fights in the past where I've just gone in with that game set and I've won, schooled top-level fighters. Um, but I don't like doing that. I want to get in there and I want to... I want to I don't up. like it. Yeah. I don't like you doing that either. <laughs> I'm not going to be, you know. Uh, you don't like when he fights technical. N- li- listen, we I, I, can't do any wrong in my eyes. You know what I mean? He <laughs> can't. You know what I mean? Oh, Liam's Liam's killed a family for nothing. Well, he, they must have done something to upset him. <laughs> but um, no, I, I just I just think that you know his style, the way that 
the show that we work on, I work on regularly, Yorkham. Mm-hmm. I mean, to 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 have that level of it's matchmaking. See, yeah. Muay Thai is like anything. If it's done well, it's beautiful. If it's done badly, it's done. It's, right. It's including boxing. Inclu- you know, yeah, like one of boxing. the reasons why we were talking about the Gennady Golovkin, Canelo Alvarez fight. I mean, one of the reasons why we're so looking forward to the fight, not just because the first fight was so great, because stylistically, you look at the way those two guys fight. Like, yeah. how could this be a bad fight? It's impossible. Yeah. Hey, and now they're both saying they're going to both change different game plans and stuff, and it's got everyone thinking again, oh, well, what is going to happen this time? There's no <laughs> change. They're gonna, someone's going to get hit, and it's going to be guns blazing. Team GGG. Yeah. yeah. Team GGG. We've been to hundreds. Him. We? We, we were looking to... for him the other day at Big Bear. Yeah, you we... guys went stalking like yeah. fangirls. 100% <laughs> sat in a restaurant where he eats. Where yeah. I came over and said, Oh, what would you like? I went, Ah, oh, I'll have what GGG has, please. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's GGG special. Yeah. And when we was in there, we were sat there and, and Liam was like across from me. Um, and I went, There's Tom Loeffler. And he went, Who's it? I went, It's, it's GGG's manager. And they were getting all chairs out and stuff, mm-hmm. setting these chairs out for, and I thought, He's gonna I, gonna, I couldn't eat my food. I got so him. excited. I pushed my plate away. I can't, I can't eat. Yeah, can't eat it. He's going to be here any moment <laughs> now. And we were sat there for ages and he didn't turn up. Uh, well, but we met Freddie Roach the day before. Freddie Roach is a sweetheart. What a guy. What a guy. What yeah. a guy. He's a real sweetheart. Yeah. You know? He took us down and let us watch sparring and stuff. And we were like... Yeah. But it wasn't even that. He's like stood with us for like half an hour. We were talking about boxing. He was like interested in when I was fighting and stuff like that. He didn't have to be like that. Do you know what I mean? And I bet he gets people walking in there all the time, like wanting to meet him and stuff. But he took time out talking to Vinny about all different other types of fights. Let us watch the, some top level fighters spar. And he was like really interested. Yeah, like, great what, guy. Absolute legend. He's very genuine. Yeah. I got to interview him back when he was training George St. Pierre, when uh-huh. George St. Pierre was uh, under him. And he's just uh, as down to earth as you or you or any, you yeah. know, just a regular guy. Yeah, he's a good guy, man. Yeah, it was over the moon to me. And man, talk about a guy who's been around the world and seen it all. Like that yeah. guy, you know, yeah, training yeah. Pacquiao yeah. and oh, fuck, man. And you know what? I thought uh, he said something about I don't know whether Pacquiao's going to train with him for this fight. And he kind of likes, and he was so um, engaging and endearing about Pacquiao, wasn't he? Mm. Saying, "Oh, Pacquiao plays basketball," even though he's been with him sixteen years. Uh, and he's just kind of, oh, well, if he goes and does something else, or he finds another training, he was like, "Oh well, yeah. he likes yeah. basketball." Yeah. It's just a no, he don't give a fuck. He's no. got money. He doesn't yeah. give a shit. And, you know, I mean, his health has been such an issue yeah. over the last few years. He has trauma-related Parkinson's, yeah. Yeah. which has got to be very interesting when you're, you know, training fighters and you realize, like, you're suffering from fighting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, just meeting him, that, that's made my whole trip, meeting him and just seeing how grounded and down to earth he is. I, honestly, I just couldn't believe it. Have you gone to wildcard gym yet? Yeah, that's where yeah, we went. That's where we oh, went. That's where yeah, you went. That's yeah. where we went. Oh, okay. yeah. We watched um, some two. What were his name? George Camboso Jr. Yeah, the the kid from Australia. Watch out for Good him. Guy. Fourteen and all. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sharp. He's, yeah. Really next, sharp. next big thing from Australia, well. definitely. Yeah. It's crazy too when you go up to that gym. You hear so much about it. You're like, yeah, it's about as big as this room. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's not a big yeah. fucking gym. We were sweating and all sorts, weren't we, on the way up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a legendary spot. You know, yeah, it's, it's a great place. So you're in America doing some seminars. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Fire, Fury, Focus seminars. Um, Vinny's doing all his um, NLP mind coaching stuff for an hour and a half, and then I take over and do all the physical aspects, um, Muay Thai, all the little tricks and sweeps, some of the stuff that I was showing you there, stuff that I've used throughout my career to help me get to where I'm. Where I am, and NLP is neural linguist, linguistic programming. Is yeah, that what you're doing? Yeah, NLP, but it's mainly to language and, and things, tricks that I've put up from over the years. Not all NLP, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of hypnosis, hypnotic language, blah blah blah. So. Right, right. And it gets them in a learning state. So what I do is I, I get I prepare them in a learning state, give them confidence, build them up, so they can start to take on what Liam teaches. So it's a double whammy, really. So he teaches some brilliant techniques, as you're aware. 
and then I just do my bit to get them where they have to get to. Before I met you, I thought that hypnosis was for idiots. I thought you <laughs> so have to I. be. <laughs> I thought you'd have to be a dummy. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you ain't getting me with that shit. <laughs> Sam. Sam. And then when you hypnotized me, I was like, wait a minute, this is real. Wow. But it, it's. I tried to explain it to me, uh, to people. You know, I'm like, it's not what you think it's not like you don't know where you are you don't know what's going on all of a sudden your pants are off it's not like that it's like you achieve this weird state of mind that yeah, you're aware you do it yes yeah, all, all i do is guide it you do it yeah. uh, and then the, the, the client does it like whether i do it with you or actors we've got an actor friend called mike parr who we've, i've been working with who loves it and Warren brown people who we, does he who use we know. it to help his acting yeah he, he did he mentioned uh me on a program called this morning which is a daytime show uh, in england and uh he went on it's in a, a soap opera called emmerdale he's known liam a long time and known me less time because i'm not in that he's your biggest fan by the way yeah, oh, yeah? biggest fan, fan. What's hey up, mike yeah, yeah. What's up, there you go you met his, met his year yeah so yeah and, and we i've done work with him and uh, since of going on your show which i have to i really do appreciate it because my work's gone from uh, a business one of the year ceos and everyone now been it's just been, it's just gone crazy because they needed a convincer and you was it so thanks very much <laughs> well it's legit i'll yeah. tell you right now i mean i don't know about other people but you know how to do it thank you again it it, it gave me some very interesting understanding about the, the mind and thought processes yeah. and how, how it works and that expression that you like like to use all the time huckalow i think about that explain what that is to people huckalow is uh is increasing your peripheral vision um, it's, it's increasing your awareness just by basically cutting off your chitter-chatter that goes on in your mind. If you see uh, Liam, when he fights, before he fights, he pushes his gloves together mm -hmm. and goes into hack louders every single time. What that does, when I haven't shown you that yet, but I, I will show you later on if you wish, is you, you anchor the gloves. So you anchor a positive state in the gloves and you push them together and you find hack and it just gets you in a well... You yeah. explain that. What, what's unique about these seminars is why I wanted to do them is because I've worked with myself before and all the stuff that he's teaching and not I know it works myself. Um, first time I used Vinny, it's uh, the story how it all started. I fought a top-level tie called Anawak Kao Samri, he nicknamed with Iron Hands of Siam. He had like an 80% KO ratio <laughs> and I went to fight him in Jamaica. I knew I could beat him, but there were a few aspects that just didn't go right with training. It didn't go right at the time. Michael making... Jackson died. Threw him off. Honestly, he did. I'm not going to lie. Really? That fucked my shit up. Really? <laughs> it fucked you up when Michael it... Jackson died? Oh, yeah, I'm a massive fan. Everyone who knows me knows I'm a massive fan. We like that. He's <laughs> out of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not blaming Michael Jackson for losing that fight. Let's <laughs> no, but, but you really were. You were a massive Michael Jackson. Oh, massive, That's massive. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever come out to his fights? You ever yeah, like, smoke criminal, music? bad guy. Ah! Yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah, of course. Um, but nice. yeah, I fought this Thai champion in Jamaica. Like I said, a few things didn't go right, and he smashed me to pieces. It was the first time I ever got stopped. Um, I knew I could beat him, though. I'm good at reading fighters. I knew I could beat him. So I begged and begged and begged for the rematch, and the promoter brought it. About six, seven months later, brought him to England. MEN Arena, massive show, biggest show the country's ever seen. And Vinny had spoke to me before in the past. He said, do you ever want to do a little bit of work? And I always thought, no, I'm mentally strong, I'm mentally strong. I don't need to, but to build up to that fight, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to train as hard as, I always, as I've ever done before anyway, but there's no point, you can never be too prepared. Right. So I said, oh, Vinny, can we do a little bit? And um, we did uh, We did loads of different techniques, and we had, like, key words, like warrior were one of them. The warrior uh, was the main one. Yeah. Um, bear in mind, now, the reason why Liam was reluctant to uh, 
worked with me is the first time he met me, um, I stole a wheelchair, <laughs> drunk. <laughs> I didn't steal it. I didn't tip anyone who was disabled yeah. out of the wheelchair, just for everyone at home. Fucking Brits. <laughs> I know, but we, I was drunk at a show at Lee Town Hall. I'm sure his coach, Richard Smith, remembers or Lisa. And um, I, Anyway, so it was a reluctant because I like to mess about. You know, I like to uh, be silly, etc. you know. But he, he came to me and, and uh, we, we worked together and, my take on this story is I was commentating at the time with a great guy called Rob Cox who, who lives in Thailand who knows everything about Muay Thai. Rob Cox knows everything. 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 He's the, like the king. Simple. And I was commentating with him. Now, Liam came to me and, and I wanted to put a word in that would, that would like, keep him strong so it was warrior. Now, what was really weird is I was commentating on the... And you can watch it on YouTube. When I'm commentating on the fight, he looks at me at round four because I can see him. And he looks through his, his trainer, Richard Smith, and Andy House, and his cousin, who's a five-time world champion as well, so it's in a family. And he looks over at me, and he goes, warrior. He looks straight in my eyes. I don't even remember doing that either. It was like the, the state I was in when I was fighting, he couldn't hurt me. Bearing in mind how badly he smashed me to pieces in the first fight, I didn't get hurt with anything. I was just, it was like I was in some total state. I was so on point. I was making him miss. I, I schooled him, really. I beat him pretty convincingly on points. That's amazing. And... Um, I went to the after party af- afterwards, I had a bottle of water, sat down, passed out, collapsed, ambulance came and got me, took me to hospital, I had a bad, really bad concussion. Wow. But it just goes like the state I was in, in the fight, and um, I didn't feel a thing. Everything just, had my eyes, I didn't feel anything. It was weird, I can't, it's because hard to you, explain. You get so emotionally invested in it as yeah. well, that when he, because you know I'm his biggest fan, when he came over he said thank you, I was like... Yeah, it, was my dad's bir- it was my dad's birthday that day as well, so there were a lot. It was like oh. my dad's birthday. Yeah, we, I know his dad and, and yeah. his family and that, and I was so overwhelmed by it. But look, I mean, it's only one aspect of it. He's got a fantastic coach in Richard Smith and Lisa Horton, Lisa Smith, Lisa, should we call Horton, Lisa, and all the gangs like Jordan, Badger, you know, Andy, everyone, Steve Campbell, his strength and condition. Yeah. He's got so many people around him. I'm just one little bit. But it was weird, because when he went, warrior, and I said to him, do you remember saying warrior? He went, no. Yeah, I didn't remember it at all. I had to well, look back at the video and watch it. Oh, yeah. The concussion probably had a lot to do with that. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I looked back at the video and there's a left hook in round four, and my head nearly like goes, spins uh, round. I think and that was the one. That probably, it, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that that's catching on mental coaching. Yeah. It really is. And there's a lot of fighters that used to dismiss it that I know now are using mental coaches. I've had yeah. conversations with them before in the past, and I was like, what do you think about sports psychologists? What do you think about mental coaches? I don't need that shit. And then years later, a loss or two later, their mind's in a weird place, and then they, they decide, okay, I need something like that. Yeah, it's, it, it, the thing is, I think that fights are won and lost in the changing rooms. I think that in the locker room, as you say. You know, one little, it's like a tiny bit of anthrax thrown in in a a reservoir of poison a whole city. I think that's what he does mentally. I've seen fighters in the dressing room who I've trained with in the gym and they have been so strong, had so much power in the gym, they've been the best ever. And I've seen them in the changing rooms and I've seen them start to go to themselves, it's going to be hard, this, isn't it? Yeah. He's strong, him, isn't he? And I can see him just starting to deflate and change. And a lot of fighters do have that problem and... um, Dwarfed by the moment. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a common thing with everything. It's anxiety. With any kind of performance, anything yeah. where you're doing something that's difficult. But fighting has such dire physical consequences yeah. that the, the overwhelming 
anxiety and the pressure just you you see it so many times guys who are really good fighters that they have panic attacks in the dressing room mm-hmm. they just they oh, can't handle it's it it's like interviews as well i mean you get such a a, a diverse mix of clients that it, it's everything it's what you, it means to you isn't it so that your fight could be against whoever the hardest fighters tie boxes in the world like they keep matching you with and um and, and your job or your, your interview or, or your, like Mikey, the, the, the lines that you have to do or your show, I, I think it's all relative to you, you know, and anxiety is a big scourge. Yeah, anytime you have to do anything difficult, yes. anxiety comes yeah, into play. It does. But it just doesn't come into play in anything remotely, except war. It's like war is like the highest level yeah. of it. And then past you get the below that is like probably police officers and, you know, first responders. Yeah. Then it's fighters. Indeed. It's like there's nothing like yeah. it. That walk to the fucking ring, you know. Yeah. I mean, and you're just thinking about: Did I do enough? Did I sleep enough? Did I eat right? <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it's and uh, you see it. I see so many. I think that's why I, I've kind of got into it as well. You know, with, with different things. I saw so much potential. See, I, I, you know, the first time, one of the first times I met him, I was training someone to fight him. Oh wow! And I was <laughs> like, right, listen, he's only a kid. So what you got to do, get in his face and punch him in the face hard. As often as you can, he'll soon quit. How wrong was I? We're <laughs> only 15. <laughs> Who was the, how old was the other guy? Oh. 20, 28. Oh, Jesus. What was his name? What was his name? Mark Castellan. Mark so, from Liverpool, yeah. yeah, yeah. You fought a fucking 28-year-old when you were 15? I, right. I, I fight at 65 kilo now. My first fight were at 60 kilo when I was 14. So I've always been big for my age. And then when I got to 15, I just stopped growing. Um, so when I was 14 I had like a beard and I looked like a yeti and all sorts and <laughs> I was a big in school so I was having to fight old, a lot older people I was having to fight men and um, so I was like my, I think when I was 14 one of my first fights without any protection on I had to fight a 28 year old and um, I went my first 29 pro fights all unbeaten it wasn't until I fought a Thai champion and um, I got a bit of an hiding called, you called Duel that I realised oh I have to change up my, my game plan here and have to go to Thailand and like Learn how they do it. What is like the them. difference? What is the difference when you when you train in England versus when you train in Thailand and how they fight? What is the difference? Well, over there, I, I, I stayed there for about eighteen months in Thailand, and I just lived in the gym like the Thais did. So, woke up in the morning, we went running, came back, bit pad work, bit of clinch, not too intense in the morning, but then the afternoon session, free in the afternoon, the scorching hot heat, free till six. I mean, most classes in England they might be what an hour, an hour and a half. This was three hours intense. You keep Second the, workout of the day. Too. Yeah, yeah. So you're skipping for half an hour, straight off of that, straight on the pads, seven, eight rounds, straight off of that, straight in the sparring, straight off of that, straight in the clinching with the ties. And anyone who knows how strong the ties are clinching as well, it was absolute torture every single day. Um, but I loved it. And I don't think without doing that, I would, don't think I'd have been able to compete with the top level ties that I have done. Um, now, though, how much Richard has project, progressed with my gym in England. I feel like we've got so many top-level fighters now that who are at that level. I feel like I don't have to go over there to do it anymore. Mm. We've got the stable in Bad Company now. We've got the knowledge. We've got the experience. And we've got the, the, the Andy House and Jordan Watson, young Joe Craven coming through. We've got all these strong, strong animals in the gym that um, we're probably one of – well, we are. We have been one of the best gyms in Europe for a long time now. Now, do you work out the same amount of time? Do you do a morning session and then do a three-hour afternoon session too? Yeah, so what I'll do in the morning, I'll go down, I'll probably do kick pads with, with my boss, Richard, uh, and then maybe a bit of play sparring with Jordan or a run. So then in the evening, I've got PTs all day in between this, though. That's the only difference. Personal training? Yeah, 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 I teach as well, mm-hmm. like full-time. Right. So I might have five hours of PTs to do in wow. between all this. 
So that's exhausting. Yeah, it is. It is. Especially the way you teach. Yeah, you get very intense. I'm, I like to be hands on and yeah. I like to get involved. And um, it is it is tiring. I just have to make sure like my diet's on point with stuff like that because if I have a day where I, where I eat shit and then I'm exhausted and right. I can't get the most out of my second training session, and then I get to five o'clock, I'll go run again kick pads again and that's when Richard will do like so things. you run twice in a day some days wow yeah, I don't run far though I'll do more five five k's but fast mm-hmm. the way I see it with Muay Thai it's explosive stuff so I do more I do more hill sprints and more sprint work than yeah. actual long distance the only time I do my really long distances is if I need to drop my weight down drastically but we, when you're fighting five three minute rounds it's not a long time it's like ba ba bang ba ba bang so I do more explosive work like hill sprints with my strength coach and stuff like that and plyometric explosive workouts um, that's the only thing that's missing in Thailand, really, the strength and conditioning. But a lot of gyms out there now are getting hold of that and changing yeah. up their... Like, Super pros doing it yeah. where I go, Robbie Timmers and, and Sharoon, who's trained, like I just said, that Alistair Overeem's over there, uh, and Badder, and Badder's been there a few times. A lot of the Dutch go over there in Koh Samui, and they've got a, uh, a CrossFit place now. They've got, like, a new sort of MetaFit yeah, place. Yeah, so have Yokao as well. Yeah, Yokao Centre as well. So a lot of them are catching up, you know, and... and you know, doing it over there as well. So they they kind of catching up. I know that Bam Chemek. I know that Bokao does a lot of, it. of yeah. strength and conditioning. And he stuff, looks like he does a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, he I does. Know. I was at his last fight um, against Johnny Risco and he lost. Uh, Johnny Risco was amazing that night. He was just on him. Didn't give him any rest. But how long ago was this? Um, about how long ago? Last week, wasn't it? Uh, last week. Yeah, last week. How old's Bokao now? Thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah. He's coming to the twilight yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a legend though. Yeah, he is. Legendary he is. Fight. I got a chance to see him fight in L.A. Yeah, and they had uh, they've had some fights. They tried to do some pay per view events and stuff like that out yeah. here. It's just for whatever reason, it never caught on. Yeah, we did mm. a Muay Thai in America. And, uh, yeah, when Andy fought. Yeah, Andy fought yeah, twice yeah. on it. Uh, that's how you I know, met. They were good shows, them as well. So wicked shows. Yeah, re- yeah. All real good fights. Yeah, they were wicked shows. That's why I met Brian Dobler, who's our friend who's looked after us here. And um, Fontana, California in the house. Yes, sir. Yeah. Double dogs. That's <laughs> where our seminar is on Saturday, our last one. And, um, yeah, it was... It's, it, it's a shame because I'll, we love it here, don't we? Yeah. We don't want to go. Yeah, I wish. I really wish we could. I could figure out a way to get it to catch on. I just don't understand what's wrong. It, I guess it is getting there with the, with the MMA and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the first time I ever fought main event on a show in England, and I got like paid like this much. But now I'm like headlining shows, and I'm getting paid like up there now. So I, I, there's a lot of people out saying it's going nowhere. It's going nowhere. He's bringing that mic in front of you. I've watched it like go from there right to where it is now in my career and where it's come from is massive it's massive gap from where it was mm-hmm. and if it does keep going like this it will eventually get there but it's just slowly 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 we've always seen much more Muay Thai talent come out of England and out of uh, Europe yeah. than we have out of America for whatever reason there's been some standout fighters in America but it's the big shows there's like a lot of big shows in Europe and that's just really never been the case here yeah, I mean, like, like Yokao is the one now. Everyone wants to fight on Yokao. I'm nothing to do with the promotion. I'm, I'm just a Yokao fighter, and I get people messaging me all the time. Oh, how do I get to fight on Yokao? Who do, who do I contact? And I'm on. I mean, like hundreds of messages all the time of people asking. Like everyone does. That's the show that everyone wants to be on. It's the, the biggest outside of the main stadium ones in Thailand. The biggest in the world by by a country mile. Do they do um, internet pay per view? No, they don't, and um, I think that's something they should look at. Yeah, really. yeah I've said this for ages. Yeah, uh, because I think as as a, because even even though it's big, it's small. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. in in, in uh, numbers that come to the come to the show, it's like, it's like three thousand or something like that, yeah. which isn't massive, but it's always jam packed. And I think is when you're selling tickets for a show, 
people say, oh, well, I can buy it for like f- five quid and sit at home and watch it instead. I yeah, think there should always be like an international then, maybe, maybe. Yeah, Geoblock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Geoblock, because um, I know that Infusion do that, who I work for. Geoblock, what do you mean? Yeah, like? that, that means that you can't watch it in your country. But everywhere else worldwide. Else, but to think about everyone so in America. So oh, so that people will go yes. to the to see it. So you buy I see tickets. What you're yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So where does it air? In does it air on television? Like no, it, it's it, it's they, they bring the we do the show, and then they put the fights out, and they they kind of feed the fights out over YouTube. Oh. And, and the, I think they may put it on their Facebook page or that. But the fights on that show, I mean, every single fight is a war. Every single fight could headline any show we have got around some, the world. We have got some right kids coming through. I'm a massive fan there's of Stuart ne- There's Stabler never a boring show, is there? No. Like, ever. And ev- even when Liam's not on it, which is, uh, you know, it, obviously the highlight for me because he's been mate and he brings, he brings thunder, doesn't he? He's a storm. But we've got some new kids coming through that are just... Like I just mentioned, Stuart Stabler and these Joe Craven and mm. these these kids coming through that I just and watched him taking on his style and, and taking on their own style and there's some real dangerous kids coming through. Now I would imagine with your style, it's your your style is so physically intensive and so aggressive that like your how well do you monitor your diet? Um, I have to do with when I'm close to a fight. Um, if I don't, like I say, I've got I'm gonna have no energy. And do you way- cut weight? Yeah, I used to cut a lot more than I do now. I, I I might do about eight pounds now, but I might start the the fight um, camp and be only ten pounds over. That's not, not uh, that's nothing not, crazy. No, not a lot yeah. at all. Um, my last four or five fights, the day before the weight, I've been on weight without having to get in the sauna or without having to go run in the sweatsuit or anything like that. As I've got older, I've got wiser. Yeah. Um, I you used, really just realised it was draining you too much? Yeah, of course, especially as I got older. When I was younger, I could get away with it. I might be able to get in the sauna and lose like three, four kilo at the weight and then still get in there and... and knock someone out or stop someone but as a, I had a few mistakes as I got older as I was growing where I missed weight and it made me just think what am I doing here get on point with it um, because as soon as you start to do stuff like that promoters don't want to work with you Right, you get a bad rep and um, this were about 7-8 years ago now and I haven't done it I haven't done it since I've made sure I've been on point with everything to be honest it's down to me my missus a lot as well she looks after me um she goes out and works hard all day, but whenever I get in from the gym about half seven, eight o'clock, there's healthy food there for me and stuff. Um, what what kind of food do you eat? Do you, do you specify? I mean, not do you really, have like a. A lot of people cut out carbs and stuff. I, I'm training so hard and sweating all day and burning so much calories in my PTs and stuff. I don't need to cut out my carbs. Um, That's a big factor. Like, people need to understand that when they're talking about low carb diets, it's really dependent upon how much exercise you do. Yeah. If you're running twice a day and you're doing three-hour workouts in the afternoon, like, you're going to need some carbohydrates. Yeah, exactly. I don't need to cut them out. Um, even in the last week, a lot of people have been saying, oh, it's last week, fight camp, weigh-ins coming up, I need to cut my carbs out. I'll still get up in the morning and have a massive bowl of porridge. I'll still have rice for my dinner and my fish and my salad and stuff like that as well. I don't need to cut it out. Um, but like I said, that's down to how much work I'm doing yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, the amount you're burning. I mean, Jesus Christ, the amount of calories you must be burning. Well, I had, my, I had my watch on the other day, and I think I'd done something like almost nearly 5,000 or something ridiculous. 5,000 calories? I wore it all day from my training and my PTs and stuff like that. That's insane. Yeah. Just think about eating 5,000 yeah. calories yeah, exactly. a day. You like, throw you can't. Up. Yeah, yeah, you can't. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So with you, do you limit the amount of uh, personal training you do? Because like, As, as the get, fight gets close, yeah, I, I would have imagine. to. Um, if I'm not got a fight coming up I'll only train once a day just to keep sharp and keep on top top of my game um, I might be able to do seven or seven hours like no problem And um, but as the fight gets closer and closer I'll cut down and cut down and cut down because obviously I don't want my body being tired I need to be I've got a lot to lose every time I fight um, right. I've got I'm, I'm, I'm like a, this is a brand now with these seminars and stuff as well so I need to make sure I'm going in there as on point as I can be 
So um, you think about it that way. You don't think about you think about it as like you're basically a business. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And um, I've got a lot. To, I've got a lot riding on it every time I fight. Uh, I think that has been for a long, a long time now. I mean, like all the country gets behind me, but there's a lot of player haters out there as well who want to see me lose, and they love it when I lose. And um, yeah, tell me who they are. <laughs> I will hunt them down with your bow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's no getting around that, man. If you're doing well, there's going to be people that exactly. hate you. Exactly. And a lot of it, really, they just hate themselves. That's really what there it is. There you go. I mean, Perception they look is at projection. So, well, yeah, I mean, what it is is they see someone who's out there who's exceptional, and it, it makes them compare their own life to this guy who's out there smashing everybody with 108 fights, and they go, fuck that guy. He's well, a I pussy. Well, I put a video on yeah, me kicking the pads the other day, and yeah. some, I got about four or five, well, I've probably got loads more than that, actually, but there were four or five comments that I noticed saying, kicking that wrong. I thought, I'd just click on the profile, just have a look at them. They're all just selfies of themselves, eating chocolate bars, and one of them with a dog. They're all about 175 kilos. Someone you know told I mean? you that you're kicking oh, wrong. Yeah, yeah. We, put a video up, we put a video up the other day. I was holding boxing pads for Liam while he's out here. I just hold boxing pads. I saw that. And Holy someone shit. said, yeah, you, you drop, you're dropping your left hand. I was like, all right, then. Thanks, fucking and Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh, if you ever have a fight, you're going to get knocked out. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, if I ever have a if fight. If he has 109th fight. <laughs> <laughs> It's just hilarious that someone would actually say to you that you're kicking wrong. Like, if anybody, all my friends out there that get flustered by people criticizing them on social media, I want to point them to that. Yeah. <laughs> Liam fucking Harrison, someone's telling him that he's <laughs> kicking wrong. That makes me want to cry. I'm <laughs> laughing so hard. That's how fucking stupid some people are. But that just shows you that when you have an open forum where anyone can comment, yeah. anyone can say something, you're going to run into a certain amount of those people. There's yeah, just no course. getting around it. Yeah, definitely. And you just can't, you can't look at the comments. You, know, you, can't, you can't read that shit. You, know? just, you just get assassinated from, from all, all corners. <laughs> well, the thing is, those people, they might not even mean what they're saying. They just they're they're it's verbal diarrhea. They're just blah. They're just angry. They're upset. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is though, even if I looked at someone's video and I thought their technique wasn't on point or anything like that, I wouldn't even go on and write it. I mean, right, what, of what, course, what gives you the right to go on and like try and put someone down or putting some? Do you know what I mean? It's just. He's, well, this is what I was going to say. Is that <laughs> Finn, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it? Exactly. <laughs> of course, if it was a competitor or someone like that, yeah. and you, you know, if maybe someone's getting undue accolades, yeah, and you're like, this guy ain't shit, yeah. you know, or if someone's supposed when, to not fight, not when you're like 420 pounds sat around just eating burgers all day, it's yeah. ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? But it can eat more than you, though. It's a good point. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. <You're> five thousand <laughs> fucking calories, man. You know, it's true. I've sit down with some fighters, and you watch them eat, and you're like, How, where the fuck is all that going? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's very few things in life that burn off more calories than throwing kicks, mm. you know, and especially the way you throw them like, like that. This the amount of fucking energy you're generating. Yeah. I mean, when I'm on the pads and stuff, every training session I put 100 percent in, especially when I'm on the pads. Your pads, uh, pad work is fucking awesome to watch. It's very inspirational. It's very fun. Obviously, as well with that, that's just a little clip of what I'm doing on the pads. I mean, my old pad work ain't just me trying to. Well, sometimes it's just me trying to smash the pads to pieces, but obviously there's a lot more technical aspects to right. it. Now, that's just like a little clip where I'll look through what someone's filming and go, oh, that was good, so I'll put it up. Right. But obviously there's bits where Richard's stopping me and putting me right what I'm doing wrong, technique, mm -hmm. working the game plan and stuff like that. They're obviously just little little snippets that I just put up um, of me doing things wrong, apparently. But that's obviously there's aspiring and all the different technical side to it as well as that. But I mean, that is like my style, but I don't fight totally just like that just smash 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 you gotta be of smart course. about it yeah. especially at the level I fight at if I just started smashing things like that 
I'm just going to walk onto a shot. That's that, that level, it's going to be game over. Yeah, there's no way. Now, do you, in between fights, do you um, train with people that have other styles or different styles, like maybe some Kyokushin guys or someone who's doing something different? I train a lot of uh, MMA fighters at the minute. Um, I've got quite a lot of guys coming to me. I've, got, I've been doing a bit of work with Mark Diakisi from the UFC. He's been training me a little bit. Um, he's out in Florida now training there. Um, there's a gym in... Leads where I'm from called AVT. It's like a real hotbed. Some top uh, MMA guys out there. I've got a young kid called Louis Lee Scott, 17 years old, seven and zero in MMA. He'd been doing Muay Thai, but he's going to be an absolute superstar in MMA, no doubt. Um, his style, what he's got going on, is so good because he's got the stand-up um, that we were. But we found like a medium to pull it into the MMA. So his eyes are on point, his movements on point, but he still finds himself in the positions to land the Muay Thai strikes with all that power, still generate the power and still be out of there in fast enough and quick enough not to be getting taken down and losing balance and falling all over the place. Um, so watch out for him, he's going to be yeah, He's a good kid. He's just yeah. signed with uh, MTK, mm-hmm. which is uh, Mac the Knife Global, which I'm going to be working with. They've got boxers, so I work with the mind side of that. So they're getting onto it now. But they've also gone into the MMA side. Till signed with them as well. Yeah, Darren, yeah, Darren Till. Till signed so with him. He's, he's, they've signed them too. Like they've, got, they've got boxers, they've got Billy Joe Saunders, who I know you like, mm-hmm. and Tyson Fury and blah, blah, blah. But they've also got an MMA side run by Kieran Kettle. And um, yeah, they've just signed Louis. Louis is exceptional. Well, the UFC is now coming to Liverpool, and yeah. Darren Till's going to be in my the headline. Set, you know, yeah. But he doesn't have a fight yet. Correct. No, nothing no, confirmed not yet. yet no. I'm hoping it's going to be Usman. They're talking Kamaru Usman. Him yeah. are going back and forth yeah. on on Twitter. That's that guy gets no love. Kamaru Usman, seven yeah. and zero in the UFC, smashes everybody. Everybody's scared of him. Nobody calls him out. I don't Remember? think. Yeah, Till. I'm pretty sure Till will be scared of him. He'd love it, Till, wouldn't he? He loves it. Yeah, yeah. Till, Till's. <laughs> they've been going back and forth. Yeah, I think he Till's loves the it. guy for him. It's yeah, him. definitely. What fight I'll be. And the stand-up wise, Till has a massive advantage, and then on the ground, Usman should have an advantage. Yeah. So it's it's a very interesting, yeah, interesting fight. fight. Usman's a fucking tank too. That guy's a fucking I'm animal. Not, not man. Well, yeah, I've not seen too much of him, but um, it's because everybody's scared of him. They <laughs> can't get fights. Well, that there you go. Usman is a fucking stud. I mean, that guy is no joke. He he like. There's very few people calling that guy out. Yeah, but Till will be loving that. Oh yeah, yeah. Till's the one that's that, calling him yeah, out. Yeah, there you go. That he thrives on stuff yeah. like that. I've known Darren since he were. 16 years old, and um, we, used to, we used to train together like Muay Thai back in there. He used to come over to uh, my gym, bad company, with his coach, and we used to work together, and I'd pad work him and do bits with him. And he's always had that attitude, and um, never been scared of anyone, always like, been like, yeah, whatever, bring it on, bring it on. I he, believe him. there hasn't been a single guy in the UFC with one fight that's got as much hype as that guy. You know, one fight fights Cowboys, smashes yeah. him. I mean, you see what he did to Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys well, everyone knew that he's a real, the real deal as he's well. He's always then. been special. He's one of these kids, like when I seen him growing up, he's one of these kids that just comes and he's special. And I mean, the city's behind him, everyone, because he comes to our gym where I train Four Corners Gym with John Gillies and uh, Bali and all them and Mick and Alan. And he, he, tra- he comes down there, sticks his head in, but he doesn't train. But I've trained there, but he, he comes and sees us and he's a great guy. But his coach, Colin Heron, I grew up with kind of because I was trained with a Thai called Master Scan and we used to do demos and stuff because believe it or not, I used to be all right. And uh, but Colin was always a little bit better. And since then, he's got Carbon Gym and he, he's had UFC fighters from Liverpool. But he's, now he's got this star in Darren. And the whole city, is, he, he gets he gets a bit like him in Leeds. They just get swamped by people. Now, was this pitches, when Darren was fighting Muay Thai that he yeah. became popular? Yeah, yeah, well, when he fought Muay Thai, yeah. didn't he? He were, he were always like one of the most naturally talented kids you would ever see. He's with Simon Audley, then a different coach. Yeah, he used to come down to our gym and he'd have a fight coming up. And um, 
he would just be wiping the floor with like where everyone. He didn't even really train hard back then either. He used to come down. He was a young kid. He'd mess around. He'd run, run riot, and didn't really hardly train, but still turn up, fight, and win. Since then, someone with that natural talent, he's now got that dedication, that hard work. So someone who's that naturally talented and who's going to work that hard, that's going to be a force to be reckoned with. When he stepped in and caught Cowboy with that left elbow, did yeah. you see that fight? Yeah. So he stepped in and just tank, just yeah. drove up that elbow and smashed Cowboy's nose. You're like, wow, that was fast. He cuts Dinston so quick yeah. as well. Well, Colin, his trainer, he, he was a... He, he trained Mudaquan, Mudaquan, is it? Taekwondo? Mudaquan, yeah. Yeah, he was like black belt at 11 or something mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, he's just... Colin takes no bullshit, you know? Uh, Colin just says, that's the way it is. A bit like Richard. That's the way it is. That's what you got to do. That's what you're doing. And since that, since Darren's had that influence in his life, like Liam said, and obviously the story about him going to Brazil... He's just uh, just been another level. What makes a guy naturally talented? Like you take a guy like Darren Till. Like when you say naturally talented, like what is about a guy like that that just picks things up quicker? I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. Some people just walk in a bad company gym, and they'll have two, three lessons, and they'll just be able to. They'll have that flow, the movement, the rhythm, and stuff like that. And Darren were like that ever since. I remember when he first started. I remember his coach saying got this kid you need to see him you need to come and look at him southpaw should see him kick he's only been training a few months and I, when I saw him I was like he looks like he's a seasoned pro five six years of training we've had plenty like that walking Najim at Bad Company and they'll come in they'll have a few fights and they're like oh it's alright this but as soon as it gets hard and the level steps up and they realise how hard they have to work to actually compete at that level that's the end of him. You don't really see him anymore. And it's like the biggest waste of talent you've ever seen we've had plenty like that walk through our gym yeah. it's not many Talent's like, not enough. No, not, not, not when you get no, to that level. Not, no. It is to a, a certain level when you can right. get yourself out of jail, but when the level yeah. steps up and everyone's working hard and people who are as talented as you are working hard, then that's when you're going to be in trouble. That's why Darren's gone off and done what he's done. That's why and shown what he's all about. There's this ki- uh, class, my, my youngest daughter, she's seven. She takes uh, martial arts, takes this mixed martial arts class. There's this five-year-old in this class, and they're doing drills in the bag, and I'm watching this five-year-old kick the bag. He's got his hands up high. He's moving like this. Da-da, bang! Turns the hip over, perfect, even his switch kick. And I'm watching this five-year-old, and I went over to his parents, and I went, if I was a strike, if I was like a, 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 a coach that was looking to recruit a fighter, at a young age, I grabbed that fucking kid. Like, that kid's special. Like, there's something that he figured out at five. At five. All the other kids, you're looking at all the other kids in the class, they're flailing their arms all over the place. <laughs> Not they're, paying they're attention. They're kicking yeah. up. They're barely. Yeah. <laughs> this fucking kid is like this. His hands are glued right below his eyes, like bang, bang, crack, bang, bang, crack. Well, at I, five. Our kids' class at Bad Company. I don't like training upstairs at the same time when they're on because all the technique is so good. It's embarrassing sometimes. You look at them all and you think, like, from 6 to 12, these are amazing. But like I say, it's only the ones that really want it who are really willing to put the yeah. hard work in will go from the next level and the next level and the next level. Because a lot drop off, no matter how talented they are. Not a lot of people like having to go to that place where you need to go right. to get to a good level. Yeah, he doesn't like people watching him when he can't do things well either. Mm. Like when he's learning things, he likes to go over in the corner and practice things on his own. It's like very interesting yeah. when you watch like someone who's just got like a special inclination towards something. There's a kid called Shay Williams from uh, Liverpool, and all the blokes are talking about his eight. 
Eight. I'm friends with his dad, Mick. Eight. Yeah, he's eight. Everyone's talking and about everyone, an eight-year-old. <laughs> all these guys, you know, these big, sort of strong, like, all right, me fucking hell, have you seen that kid? He's fucking brilliant. That age, eight years of age. Lovely kid, but he's just one of these kids that can do everything. Yeah. Look, Dad, I can balance on I'll, one hand. And I'll tell you what, yeah. the best video on YouTube is that we saw the other day as well, them two young, uh, the black American oh, kids. Oh, yeah. The, oh, the, my the, God. The boxing coaches. Yeah, yeah. That kid's amazing. Did you see that? Yeah. And the coach and what he was saying, the one holding the pants. He was right. He knows more than most boxing trainers I've ever seen yeah. in my life. It was and he's like five years old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Creating the um, hand speed. Amazing. Yeah. Brilliant. Oh, best video I've seen all yeah, year. That absolutely wicked. amazing. Yeah, that whoever fucks with that kid in school. Yeah, they're in trouble. That's a <laughs> big problem. Maybe it's that kid that sent that thing saying you're dropping your left hand. <laughs> if it is him, you better fucking listen up. I'm sorry. Yeah, you better listen up, man. Sorry. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting hated on by six year olds. <laughs> yeah. It's um I think it's interesting today too as opposed to in the past that you can watch videos yeah. like that. Yeah. And then, you know, before you'd have to like watch a VHS tape and sit down and analyze it and pause it. Like now you could be at a fucking bus stop on your phone and you could watch world class fighters instantly. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah. The you thing just, with, the thing with that is as well though, the, with the internet as well as being able to watch world class fighters instantly. Here's a kid. What? Look at this oh, kid. That? That's his, him and his dad, I guess. Look at that fucking technique. <laughs> Unbelievable. Look, it's incredible. He ducks under. I mean, everything. Blocking punches. Fucking amazing, man. Look at that. It goes to the body. That's crazy. I mean, he looks like he's four. That's a different kid. That's an even tinier yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very impressive. But yeah, the thing with the internet as well, though, what's starting to happen now, though, a lot in, especially in the UK, people will say, right, um, we try to match a show. Right, we've got a guy here, he's had three fights, your guy's had three fights, let's match him. And they go, oh, no, give me his name. I need to search him on YouTube, I need right, to search his Facebook, right, I need right. to search this. So as well as being a blessing, it's a curse for stuff like that, because back when I started fighting, I would say, Richard would just go to me, I'd walk in the gym, Richard would go, you're fighting on Saturday, this might be on Wednesday. Right. I'd go, all right. And then yeah. that would happen, turn up Saturday, you have your fight, but now it's like, I want to know his name, his gym, what's his Facebook. Isn't that a badge of courage, too, to be able to do that? Like, that's something that people would always admire, like a guy that would come into the gym and someone would say, would you like to fight this weekend? they go, fuck yeah. Yeah, Martini Man, anytime, yeah. anywhere, yeah, any place. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that that is what you're here for. Everyone right? in our gym's always been like that. Well, but we I'm sure it trickles down. Yeah, from of course, you. from Richard. Yeah. Yeah, the thing from is, you guys. as well, we've got a big junior circuit now with Yokal. We've got Yokal Next Generation. How do you feel about that, about little kids fighting? They don't fight head contact. No head contact. No. Yeah. Just so leg kicks, yeah. body kicks. Yeah, yeah. So it makes them more skilled, does that? Yeah. Oh, a lot yeah. more skilled. Yeah, catching oh, for kicks, sure. low kick, push yeah. kicks and everything. I mean, some of the kids we've got, we've got another kid They called. can't head kick either? No, no just strictly kid, body. We've got okay. some kids from like from Richard's two sons. Yeah, Finley and Fergus. Yeah, and we got uh, Joe Ryan. Lewis, Lewis George, Joe Ryan. Who's and what year, what year do you let them? Well, Joe Ryan's just 13. He's just fought pro in Thailand and knocked out, an, I think, an 18-year-old Thai yeah, boy. Yeah, so Riley Smith. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He fought pro in Thailand when he was yeah. 13? Yeah. Last week. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, there's That's, a video on YouTube. Where the fuck are his parents? Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> They were there with him, but this kid is he's special. He's taller than me. He's yeah. 13. He's taller than me. Wow. He fights at about 59, 60 kilos. I've done a lot of work with him one-to-one -one as well. His dad has done an amazing job yeah, with he him. Is. He's had about... Is he unbeaten in 36 fights? He was unbeaten in 36 fights. 36 fights, fights he, and he's he 13. Lost, I think he lost in uh, the IFMAS oh, in, in, the final. in, yeah, in yeah. Russia yeah, against a kid that was like... 16 and they weighed four kilos heavier. We've got another kid called Riley Smith, Jonathan yeah, Haggerty. Yeah. We've got some Keep kids. Keep this thing close to your face. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Just, we got you some, can move it around there. We've got some right kids that are coming through. Jonathan Haggerty, who's just been on Yokow special, 20 years old, beat a great fighter, a veteran called Keith, and 
Really now, fun. what kind of program do you have for these young kids? Do you have classes based on age groups? Do you have classes based on weight classes? Or do you just have kids' classes? Well, at Bad Company Gym, the kids' classes, um, 6 to 12-year-old, there's about 40 or 50 sometimes in our kids' classes. And um, there'll be about three or four of the, the instructors taking it. Fighters all, all be up in the ring, fight training, intermediates be in the middle, beginners down at the end. So everyone's got someone catering for them, helping them bring through. All the fighters are working together. Watching them, it's just like watching the mini version of all our fighters upstairs. It's it's class to watch sometimes. I like just going and watching them all training and sparring with each other and clinching and helping each other. And then a lot of them will stay behind after the class and really you know, put in the extra hours and the extra work. And uh, it's good watching. Sometimes you'll see someone come in the gym and they'll walk in right shy. And then I look at them again two months later and I'll see him on the pads going, bam, bam, bam. And he's like looking around going, yeah, see that? See that? <laughs> it's class watching that happen. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And you see him going through from being like walking at Jimmy and a shy little seven, eight-year-old boy and then smashing the pads and having the first fight. Our junior team is so good because obviously we've got Richard and Lisa training them. But my cousin Andy, he's also a five-time world champion. He's doing PTs with a lot of them. Joe Craven's only like 19 years old, but he's so good with the kids as well. So they've got a wealth of experience and um, like I say they're all just going bap 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 and then next minute they're up there fighting and just smashing it and I think we've got we had 18 fights for our junior team last week and I think we, we won somewhere like 16 so now I asked you earlier when we were working out together you you've never really considered fighting MMA no um like I say, it took me a long time to get where I am in Muay Thai. And let's be honest, who's going to stand up in front of me if I got in a ring? I'd have to get my ground game so, so good. Right. It'll take me a long time. And to be honest, I'm really enjoy I, I love Muay Thai. I love, I love fighting Muay Thai. And I think you can only be good at something that you're passionate about. If I got in there and I thought, well, I'll do this because there's a lot of money involved in it, I, that mm -hmm. wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be where I am. I, I fight Muay Thai because I absolutely love it. Obviously. Your style, though, is it's, it's really interesting. It would apply very well yeah, to MMA. I've, I've, that, when I'm teaching the MMA fighters that I, I do train, I think I have got that good medium of how the striking needs to be and without getting taken down and out, off balancing yourself. Because it, it, I'm not arrogant enough to go in there and say, right, Muay Thai, you need to do this in MMA. You need to fight like a Thai and do that. I'm not arrogant enough. I know there has to be changes. And I think I do spot that well. And it does work with the fighters I train. But... Um, like I say, I, lo I love fighting Muay Thai. That's where my heart is. And um, maybe if someone came over and said, no, there's loads of money. Do you want to? Maybe, yeah, but like, I'm, I'm a stand-up fighter. Right. So, have you done I, any I, wrestling or jiu-jitsu or anything I, I haven't, like no. Um, I've always been so concentrating on my Muay Thai fight career. I'm always booked out all year. I don't really get... I've thought about it before, doing a bit with AVT with Danny Mitchell, but I'm booked out when fights. I've got July, August, October, November... You're so already booked. I'm booked out all right to wow. the end of the year. I'd so been, you do I, that that many fights in advance? Yeah, yeah. That's very different than like for a, boxing. A year, yeah, a year and a half in advance. So a year and a half almost, in advance? Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's no all balls penciled in, so I'm not going to have no time anyway because I need to stay on top of my own training just so I'm ready to go from one fight to the next. And if you get injured? I Obviously, I have to pull out. I had to pull right. out. I brought my foot in my last fight in um, Paris in December. Brought my foot, split my shin. And uh, I couldn't fight in March. I meant to fight two weeks ago, but obviously I couldn't do that one. Injuries are part of the sport. Are you back to kicking things now? I'm back kicking 100% and um, back. As soon as I get back home, I'll be back in camp ready to go in July. That's impressive. Three months later, you're throwing hard kicks. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you started working with Vinny, what was, what was the big difference? Like, what's the big difference in doing this uh, mind coaching? And like, what, what have you noticed improvement in? My awareness, like the stuff with the Hakalal that we're on about and uh, the anchoring it, 
your, your awareness increases like so when much. When you anchor, what do you, what are you thinking? When you touch, when you smash your gloves together at the beginning of a fight? I, I'm sure everyone it'll be different. Um, what I'm doing is that uh, when I'm pushing my gloves together, all the stuff we've worked on, like the hackalow, the awareness, everything's all just coming into me. The warrior, it sticks with me. That word will always stick with me after we've worked before. I'm sure people have worked with him and got different stuff that they're anchoring. Well, that's what I'm anchoring. When you say anchoring, what do you bringing it in and bringing it all back into here, all the stuff that we've worked on. Like when we did the Anawat fight, the warrior stuff, we also had another fight um, against Andrea Kulbin. I got wrought off by everyone in this fight. He'd been to England twice before. He'd knocked out two of our top guys in the weight above me. So I stepped up in weight um, to fight him. And I went and did a bit of work with Vinny then. And there were a, f a few key words that we said then. One of them were visual, visible damage. And what were the other ones? Um, hot knife through butter. A hot knife through butter. Because I said half knife, hot knife through butter. You guys in your goddamn accents. Would you, you learn how to speak see, American English? <laughs> see what? Jesus. Hot knife through butter. So, so what, I'd, what I'd said, what I'd said. Pretty good. I'm a natural American. I am. That's pretty good. What I'd said to Vinny is, I said, I, I don't just want to beat this guy. I said, everyone's writing me off. I said, I want to smash him to absolute smithereens. He and told then, me the game plan. He, he told me the game plan. He already told me what he was going to do with uh, Andre. I told Killer. everyone how I was going to win, yeah. and no one believed me. Yeah, and then, but I obviously because uh, you know, if you didn't mention it, I'm his biggest fan. <laughs> and um, and and what he, we did, I did a CD for him. So I said, listen to this CD before you go to bed. So I recorded this 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 CD, and it was weird because I was again I was commentating. Thankfully, on it was on the main event, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, main event. And I was watching it, and it was like playing a video game. Because it was just like, low kick, bang. It was just like, and everything that I, and all the thing that I said, kind of kind of cheating, in it, really? <laughs> I was like, it's like a hot knife through butter. And he went, oh, bang. And he just, I mean, if you ever see it, he absolutely destroyed Kulabin. And Kulabin is a, is a legendary fighter from Belarus. And it, it was just, it went down Yeah, every time perfectly. I kicked him, I could see how I was hurting him. And that's what was coming into my head. And it, 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 again, it's weird. It's hard to explain unless you actually do work with him. And, yeah. and but yeah, it worked again. Perfect. I know what worked perfect, and that one worked. What perfect. was the game plan that people didn't believe? Um, I said to everyone, I said I'm going to stop him in three rounds, and because he, I were moving up in weight, and because he knocked out two other top fighters in England from that weight. Who did he knock out? He knocked out Michael. Michael Dix. Dixon first round, and I think he stopped him Ran Khan as well. Oh, okay. And um, I told everyone I was going to stop him. I said, I don't, he says, I said his legs, his legs too straight. I said I'm going to smash his leg. I'm going to stop him with low kicks. It'll be, a, and I said it'll be like a hot knife through butter. And I stopped him in round three with low kicks. Now, when you were creating this CD for him, like yeah. what was the goal? What was your objective? He told me what he was going to do, so I reaffirmed it. So we did like a, a trans thing where you, you go into, you know, you lead anyone into an induction and then just played out the fight in his mind, t telling him the specifics of what he told me and how he speaks. Because you have to use their language back to them if I said, you know, something that's not in their vocabulary. Obviously, I'm not saying you're thick. But, so you got <laughs> but little, I am. <laughs> smacking wall. <laughs> so he's, he got to add lots of like, you know, what he told me into, into the CD. So it, it, and it went in. It works. I've never done it before. It was a gamble. I just thought, you know what, you know, all, when it all costs. It seems like you could probably do that for a lot of people, right? Like I mean, different I'd, things that you're trying to work on. If you could just like listen to it and yeah. uh, like in your like in your earbuds or something like that. Yeah, while you're I doing mean, other things. yeah, of course. And you know, I, I've been. I have people now who work with me for a year, like clients that want to work with me for a year. They pay me for a year, and they just want to ring me and talk about stuff it's become like a real dot sort of different than hypnotherapy and just being a, a therapist in in just in that sort of that sort of way but yeah it's possible and look I, I the reason why we're doing this is because number one 
as I said, he's my friend. But number two, what we do works. Yeah. It's not, these are tried and tested. He's eight work times world champion. I'm his mind coach. You know, obviously he's got a great coach in Richard and everybody, but what we do works and people are starting to see the benefits. The feedback we've got from like San Diego Boxing Club, you know, mm-hmm. Artem and Jesse and all them, it's been mind-blowing, yeah, yeah. hasn't it? And well, there's definitely good states of mind to go yeah. into anything that's difficult. And again, fighting is one of the most difficult things. And then there's bad states of mind and those states of mind can determine the outcome. And just to have something that you can get to in your mind that can put you on the right path, like what you were saying, warrior or hakalau, like all these anchors that yeah. you're doing, like th- these different things. Like I feel like these are applicable for everyday life yes, too. Exactly. That this is something that people could really benefit from, like to just to to instead of just being like random and wild with your thoughts yeah. and your ideas going into something and, and hoping that you have a good point of view and a good perspective, instead of that, like have these clear paths that you've already thought through. Yeah, I mean, your mind has to, your mind has to have a clear set. Yeah. It has to know a way to go. Think of it like a tom-tom or a sat-nav. You, know, sat you point in that direction, and that's the road it's going to take you to. If you put in the wrong direction, say you type someone in Illinois and you're driving around Los Angeles looking for it, you're not going to find it. So we have to be specific. And what I do is I try and get my, my, my programs that I do, various programs that I do, is I have to get what the client wants. And then once I get the client, once I put that in, but then I find out what's getting in their way through the language. They, they kind of language it wrong. Mm. You know, they say, I want this, and said, yeah, but you're saying that. And, and it's, uh, it's, I love the job. It's, su- it's such a blessing to be, a, and I'm not being all, you know, rose-tinted glasses, and I, I absolutely love my job. I love people, like the people with the feedback I've had of getting messages saying, I feel different, I'm happier. There's no better job in the world, not at all. Well, I mean, you know better than anybody that as a fighter, the way you think and the, your mindset, that, that affects your training, it affects your outcome, it affects how you feel in between trainings, It's like, and then absolutely affects the way you fight. Yeah, of course it does. I mean, I reckon, like I, I mentioned earlier, I reckon I've lost fights on points because my mindset's been wrong going into it thinking, right, this is going to be an absolute war, this. And then I've gone in there thinking, right, I'm ready for war, I'm ready for this, and I've got outpointed. Mm. Because I've gone in there thinking that. If I'd have gone in there maybe a bit more relaxed, sharper, on point, I'd have been playing the game. But I won. You adjusted. I'd have adjusted, but I didn't. But I thought, you know what I mean? It, like you just said, it happens. But um, if you are on point with your mind, that needs to be as strong as your body. Like mm. I said before, you can never, ever be too well prepared. That's why I, I've, I've gone to Vinny and I've used him. And in, it has worked for me in massive, massive, massive fights. Do you meditate at all? Um, I do the Wim Hof method again. Ah. Again, Vinny. We love Wim Hof. Vinny and jo- Vinny yeah. and Jordan show me about that. I remember ah. I saw Jordan doing it one time before a fight. I said, "Oh, what are you doing there?" And he told me Wim Hof. So I asked Vinny what it was, and then I started with the cold showers every morning, the breathing, and um, again I've seen massive changes in that in like my heart rate and. Uh, that is absolutely amazing well, how resting, that works. His resting pulse rate was thirty-one. No, Jordan. Wow. Jordan's were thirty-one. Mine was thirty-two. Fuck. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you missed it by a beat. Yeah, yeah. That one beat is but everything. It's, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. I went to Wim's house. I, luckily, I know because I work for Infusion, and they they did a little bit of a documentary on him. And I went with uh, Mohammed Kamal, um, who I know really well, great guy. And we went to his house, and we went in the frozen water and all that sort of stuff. And then I started following, doing this stuff, and I seen him on your show twice. Um, he's 
he's like like a Jedi, isn't he? He's brilliant. He's There's something amazing. about him. His yeah. his perspective is uh, and his enthusiasm is not is not just infectious. It's like uh, it changes you. Yeah, it does. Like he he changes no the way you think about. Yeah, things. I want to meet him. I definitely want to. He's meet awesome. Him. Yeah. I, he I'll hook awesome. that up. I'll hook that up. Yeah, 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 yeah awesome. I would absolutely love that. Have you done cryotherapy at all? I have. Yeah, um, my friend in Liverpool, Doc. Um, he's got one. I've, whenever I've. No, real, obviously my body gets a lot of wear and tear holding, yeah. holding pads takes a lot out of you and yeah. especially when you've got to train twice as well on top of that your fucking forearms right yeah yeah, bruisers yeah, my, up, kick up, hard. my back and oh, obviously yeah. from sparring my legs are beat up Just, I, ah, yeah ah, yeah, ah, yeah I, fucking elbows and forearms yeah exactly I, I get stiffened after an hard week of training an hard week of teaching I do need that so I go over to Liverpool and I jump in there and I always come out feeling like a million bucks all the time no I love it yeah. I love it what about uh, isolation tanks have you done uh, sensory mm. deprivation tanks no I've never done that I got one here. You want to try it? Hell yeah. How much time do you got? How much We've time? Got We've got time. You got time? Got yeah. Okay, time. Bo- beautiful. We'll You'll get you bored. Yeah. Let me out of bored. No, no, no. You <laughs> want, man. Fun. You think that. You go in as long as you want. All yeah. right. I have one right out of here. Oh, no, I fucking love it, man. It's amazing. He's on all sorts now. We, since we've come to California, we've got uh, Feel Supreme, our mates from that Matty Murphy has got him on CBD oil. Oh, He's doing all that. CBD's great. Yeah, yeah. Hair you know follicle things and really stuff. Really great with CBDs is fucking. I don't have it here. I, I left it in my car. Um, I have this uh, lotion, CBD lotion. You oh. p- apply it topically where you got like bruises Someone or told me inflammation. Yeah, I've not tried fucking that yet. Great, man. But I, I, I got a test done by. Yeah, yeah. I got a test done by um, my sponsors. Like, they took all the hair follicles out of me. They tested them all, and so they could test what I should be eating, what's foods good for me. Hair follicles. Hair follicle yeah. test. Yeah, like the proper sent it off to the lab, huh. and they tested it all, and it came Why back. Why would they with, test that, and not blood? Or I'm not sure. I'm, I'm no idea how it works. But they came back and they said, right, this is what you should eat. This is what you shouldn't eat. If this is in your diet, try taking it out because this is causing like some disruption here and stuff. It really like, interesting. What kind of stuff are they saying causes? This might be horseshit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Certain, checking your hair what about your toenails they check your toenails <laughs> certain different fruits and stuff like that they were yeah. saying like raspberries and raspberries and, and nuts and stuff were causing some sort of disruption in my diet huh. that it'd, it'd be better if I took them out um, hmm. almonds yeah. I went to one of those places and they told me to stop eating avocados like get the fuck out of here. There's nothing wrong with avocados. You guys are quiet. I like avocados. <laughs> avocados are great for you. It's like they one of the great. best foods you can eat like, I'm like what? Avocado? Fuck yeah. out of here. But, but I just want to say because we've been here for a couple of weeks now, right? The coolest thing I've seen is how the fuck did you hit that target? That just blew arrow? my mind that I could not believe it. Oh, the archery target? Yeah. That was amazing. Well, that was amazing. I do it every day. You That's are Robin Hood. You're <laughs> from fucking Nottingham. Get over here and kill the sheriff. 45 yards and to hit that little small hole like that is not not difficult. Yeah, yeah well, you just right. done a training session as well, yeah. so you'd have had a bit of a shake. Yeah, you were sweating. Yeah. You just went, but, but I just broke the record of kicking that pad, so I was excited. Hell yeah. That's what it was. We were there. We yeah. were there. I was we, got we, got, we got yeah, on film. We got on film. <laughs> Luckily, we were a little concerned. We had a splice sound from the other one. But, <laughs> Because uh, yeah, well, we had more than one recording of it, luckily. But um, that thing that uh, Francis Ngannou punched that almost as hard as I kicked that—that's how fucking hard that. Oh, here it is, right here. There it is. Francis punched that fucking thing that almost is. as hard as. Where's one fifty-two? That's the highest yeah. anyone's ever. Yeah. <laughs> That's the highest anybody's <laughs> ever registered on that thing. <laughs> Someone will break it. Someone will, I mean, I don't think that many people are kicking that thing. Yeah, we're not, not going to break it today. Morale. Not today. <laughs> today, bitch. I got that. 
But um, yeah, that archery thing, man. I, it's the same thing as like like today when you were showing me different things, like like you guys showing me just a little bit of an adjustment changed the power of that kick. Just yeah. that little extra. Yeah, it's all body yeah. mechanics. Yeah. Every, every every strike, every sweep, everything mm-hmm. I teach is always body mechanics, and just like that little bit extra will get. It's the same thing with archery. With archery, it's all about posture and form, and you got to have your elbow up high, and everything has to be perfect, and you're pulling with your back. I mean, there's a lot of parallels between archery and fighting. Yeah, but you just you just went, didn't he? Yeah, it just, picked I, it up, well, bonk. Because I just yeah. watched the arrow, and it just went, and I just thought, shit, you don't need to fight. <laughs> but I do, like again, I do that every day. It's amazing. You know, I, I'm, I shoot arrows every day, and I, that's at 45 yards of my house. I do 90 yards. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, so it's the, that's about as far as I'd shoot an animal, though. It's 45 yards. Like, maybe I'd shoot a pig or something that nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> like, I'd shoot it like 70 Stuff yards. Stuff that we ain't got like in England. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're lucky you don't have them in England, man. We got problems with them here. What pig problems? Oh, they're fucking, they're invasive species. Really? They're crazy, and they breed three, four times a year. They'll have like 10, 12 pigs a litter. Planet of the pigs? Yeah, three or, four, three or four times a year sounds like my life. Man, <laughs> I'm telling ha! <laughs> Happy birthday for tomorrow, Lisa, by the way. Oh, <laughs> sweetie. You got to um, – there's, there's videos of pigs in Texas. Texas is so bad that they opened up a highway, and uh, the day they opened it, they built this highway, and the day they opened it, there was something like 40 car accidents with pigs. Really? People were driving by, the pigs were running across the road, and they're just slamming them into them. There are millions of pigs in Texas, millions. No lot. Well, they're an invasive species. They were brought over here in California by William Randolph Hearst. You know that crazy guy that Orson Welles made that movie Rosebud about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also the reason why marijuana is illegal over here, too. Right. He made those propaganda articles uh, blaming marijuana for causing Mexicans and blacks to rape white women. It was this crazy propaganda, but it was also that he didn't have to switch his factories over to hemp because they had come out with a new machine called a decorticator that allowed them to process hemp fiber. Hemp, hemp just makes a way better paper. Mm. And he had all these paper mills and all these forests that were dedicated to trees uh, they, they would make paper out of. And so when they came out with this decorticator, you know, like, they're like, well, hemp is the new industry. He's like, yeah, the fuck it is. And so he, this crazy asshole, like literally is the reason why marijuana is so illegal and demonized, not just in America, but around the world. And he let a bunch of fucking wild pigs loose on his, he has this gigantic estate. <laughs> these so. fucking things are everywhere, bro. This ain't shit. I mean, these, these look more like domestic pigs. Looks like pigs. a nightclub in Leeds, does that? <laughs> these are domestic pigs, bro. Jamie, these are not these are not wild pigs. Yeah, uh, it's shut down a freeway in Texas. Oh, <laughs> well, you know what it is though. That's a like a truck fell over. Yeah, yeah, they were inside it. Yeah, but those are like regular pigs. In, like in Bhutan, wild in, pigs would never be around a person like that. They would fucking be out of there. Yeah. In Bhutan, they uh, is that the Bhutan a, Bhutan a country called Bhutan? And I've heard that they they feed pigs cannabis. They eat cannabis. Well, sure, yeah. probably tastes good. But it does <laughs> make them delicious bacon. Gets get you high that as fuck. And then, gets, and then <laughs> yeah. when you get drug tested like Canelo, you go. It's because it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys don't believe Canelo with the clembuterol? I don't know. I just love GGG, don't we? Yeah, we ah. enough. GGG's like the lord to us. But you gotta appreciate Canelo as well, right? I mean, yeah, Canelo's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a great fighter. Um, but I just I can't see I can't see past GGG win this time. Yeah, well, I think GGG won the first time. Yeah, I do definitely. I think it was I, nervous by two or three rounds. The first fight, I think Triple it was G? nervous. Really? Why I do think you think it was that? First pay per view fight. 
Mm. And first, you know, big, big, big fight. Yeah, you could big tell early doors, yeah. couldn't you? He didn't see himself early doors. Yeah. It took him till three or four to get going, but when when he did, and then found that steady pressure and got behind his jab. Yeah, yeah. he's and we, brilliant. And we've seen that little clip that he said he's going to change. So mm-hmm. I think he's going to go to the body more. Yeah, I think, think so? I think he should have yeah. done that in the, the first fight when he was up on the ropes. Canelo really good at evading his right hand. One, if he'd have gone mm-hmm. to the body, then I think. Plus I what, think there's going to be a lot of that, and I think there's going to be a lot more jabs. Yeah, plus his jab is a his jab, his jab's so underrated. Like yeah. what he did to David Lemieux, he oh, actually yeah. smashed him to pieces yeah. with his jab. Yeah, you see what Abel Sanchez said that when you when he turns to the right, what happened was the referee was because he was turning to his his was it his left to to get away from the right hand. Yeah. He was exposing his back, and if mm. Gigi had hit him there. He was worried about getting a point taken off. So the referee would have called him on yeah. that. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah he should be able to punch. Especially if the, the referee was as bad as the judge. Yeah. Well, there was one. <laughs> Adelaide Bird. Adelaide Bird. Adelaide yeah. Bird? Unbelievable. Adelaide. Sweet lady. Yeah. Very nice lady. Big fuck I off like glasses her. like that, like massive Listen, man, thick she, rims. she was responsible for some wacky ass fucking decisions. She's done it a lot. Yeah, she's done it a lot. A yeah. lot, and no one does anything about what, it. What were the other men boxing when she did it in? Uh, Holyfield. Holyfield. Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't she um, a part of the whole Pacquiao, uh, Tim, the fuck's his name? Um, just retired. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Tim Desert Bradley. Storm, Tim, Tim Bradley. Bradley. Yeah. 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 Wasn't she a part of that as I well? I don't know. I, I know. She, I think she was part of the. I think she's the one that gave uh, Canelo uh, the draw against Mayweather when he got screwed. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Did I she think really? It was her, yeah. That's hilarious. I think, I think she should be fired. Yeah, uh, that was close. Very nice lady again. Very nice lady. <laughs> the Stevie Wonder <laughs> world of that's of crazy that she gave Canelo a draw against Mayweather. I mean, he got fucking schooled in yeah, that fight did. massively. Yeah, big time. Didn't, did he land? I think he landed. Did he? Not much. But not much. That was an interesting. Well. In in his defense, Mayweather drained him down to like what did yeah. he get him down to one fifty two or something? something like that. But yeah. they they caused that. Do you know that? No. They said, "Well, we'll fight you at one fifty two And Elena right. uh, Delaby went, "Okay," because he oh, said we was going to do it at one fifty four, and they says, "We don't care. We'll go down to one fifty two And they went, "Thanks." <sighs> what a stupid so they, mistake! So they just. Left herself wide open they did for that. To themselves. Yeah. yeah. You could well, tell he was seriously sluggish in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. well he, he makes anyone look sluggish, though, doesn't he, to be fair? Yeah, he does, man. He's amazing. Like, what Floyd is able to do, like, his control of distance and his, yeah. his understanding of what you're going to do next is so incredible. Yeah. Like, you see him pop a jab, and then before the guy even throws the right hand, he's like, he's gone, yeah. There. And the right hand passes him. He pops him with the left hook, and he's out there. Yeah. And he's like, "Bitch, I knew what you were gonna do." He did that with it. Mark Eddie did that way too. He popped him and just ducked, yeah. and he was gone right back of him before he even realized. Yeah, what and he did some mean. great things with um, Roberto uh, Robert Robert Guerrero. Yeah, yes, course. as yeah. well. Yeah. We've got a boxer in England called Josh Kelly. Have you seen him? Yes, I have. <laughs> I yeah. love that guy. Yeah, you guys have a lot of great boxers yeah. over there now. I mean, obviously, you have the world champion, Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Do you hear the UFC is going to offer him $500 million? We heard that this crazy morning. Contact? Yeah, we heard that this morning. I yeah. wonder if that's real. Do it. I wonder if it's real. <laughs> Joshua versus Ngannou or some yeah. punch artist. <laughs> Someone's going to sleep. Jesus Christ. I, you know, I mean, Francis is a great MMA fighter, but he's been fighting for five years. Yeah. He just hits fucking unbelievably yeah. hard. I can't believe that you said he got 120,000 on I that machine. I think like 120 something. I think. Find out what it is. 129. That's so crazy. Wow. That's so crazy. That's what I get with a kick. You little legs that carry you around all day. That is absolutely. I'm only 100 behind him. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, in his defense, he's 100 pounds heavier than me, but just what in the fuck? His hands are so big. Every time I shake his hands, I'm like, how is that a person? <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like shaking hands with a brick, like a giant brick. They're just so big. I've got little baby hands as well. They probably crush mine. <laughs> he's a fucking huge dude, man. 
I mean, and we were talking before about how his uh, in his background he worked as a child in a sand mine, mm. digging sand Shoveling all, all day. day, just all day digging sand. Like what a what a great workout that yeah. is for your body. It's all stories, ridiculous. All that say we're almost five, five years ago, we're five homeless, years ago, and homeless. now he's fighting for UFC title. Yeah, and, and gr- came real close. Yeah, it's a great I story. Mean, if anybody else other than Stipe, Stipe's so fucking tough and skilled and kept away from him, but you saw what he did to Overeem, mm. K one Grand Prix <laughs> champion, Dream champion, Strike Force heavyweight champion francis put him into orbit his head nearly came off of his shoulders man it was ridiculous and you could see the way overeem was fighting him too he's like Like, it's like like aware that any fuck up at any moment is this it 129,161 I got 150, what was it, 152? 152. That was today, though. The other day, I got, I was super fucking happy with uh, Tyrone Spong, was the former previous record, 114. Yeah. He's got 129,161 with a punch. I got 152 today, bitch. Suck <laughs> it. But that's with his arms, man. I mean, that is, it's, it's, to be it's fair, impossible it- to really overemphasize how fucking crazy that kind of power is with your His hands. His arms are going to be bigger than my legs, though, to be fair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Bigger than my legs. Say my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Little pins. Well, a guy like that, I believe Francis is 33. I mean, imagine if they caught him when he was 23. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, imagine that guy. It's like, that's what you were saying before. It's when you get a real champion, what you're getting is the top genetics, the top uh, talent, skill, mindset, and discipline. Yeah, and they've got that up yeah. there, and the, the, and the want it. It's yeah. wanting it. That's the the yeah. main thing. Like cause a lot, a lot of fighters, they'll have an hard fight and they'll get out. I, I've seen this again in in our gym. They'll get out. They'll have won, but the fight will have been hard. And I remember saying, they'll come back going, that were hard. It's a fucking fight. It's gonna be. It's meant to be hard. Yeah. It's meant. You know what you're signing up for here. You know yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've never seen him again. Yeah. So I can, even get, when I, can under, that, I can understand that though, can't you? As well. I mean, you oh, have of got course, a, a of certain, course you have, yeah. certain amount of of real sort of. You was wanted to be world champion pretty much straight away, didn't you? When yeah. you started. Yeah, of course. You was 19 when you won your first world title. 19. Yeah. In That's it, crazy. Italy. Yeah. And first time I fought Sancho, I was 21. What's going on with Giorgio Petrosian? Uh, he's fighting on um, uh, one championships. Oh, he's fighting oh, yeah, MMA? Sign. No, yeah. he's, they've no. got a stand-up. They've got a stand-up they've, now. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they've yeah. signed like Fabio Pinker, Giorgio Petrosian, wow. Yodson Clay. They signed Yodson yeah. Clay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Yodson Clay retired. No, no he's, he's back, back again. He fought he's last back. month and he won Took again. a couple of weeks off. Yeah. Said, yeah, Fuck yeah. it, this is boring. <laughs> yeah. I don't Basically. Know. That guy can fucking punch, man, for yes. a tie. Southpaw yeah. as well. That guy starches people. I remember when Jordan fought him in Thailand. I were in the corner for Jordan. And Jordan came back at the end of round two. I went, take his gum shield out. He went, duh. I went, why? He went, oh, my teeth are in it. He knocked all his teeth out. Wow. <laughs> it was Holy a good close shit. fight, though. Jordan had a real close fight with him. Jordan's wow. exceptionally yeah. talented. He is. Mm. Hey, jo- Jordan yeah. was here the first time I came. Yeah, no, I remember Jordan. Jordan yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it, the, the level of talent these days is just so fucking amazing yeah. and one is one FC really huge in Asia like how yeah, big is it massive they, they've got yeah are they like UFC level yeah yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah Michael Sh- Michael Chavello's doing that is he yeah he's doing that I okay. love that guy yeah he's a good guy but he's a fucking what, good guy. what they've done is now I think they've started like three different so they've got the MMA and then they've got the hybrid, or it's Muay Thai in little gloves in the cage like John Wayne Parr's thing yeah like CMT cage. yeah like CMT yeah. and then they've got just uh, stand up Muay Thai with 8 ounce gloves and or is it K one? I think it's I think it's, it's K one with, with the eight ounce gloves. So they're going to have three 
separate things now. There's certain guys that you just see a silhouette of them. Even if you didn't see their face, you would know who it was. Yeah. You know who my favorite uh, that is? Sanchai. Like yeah. if you saw a silhouette of him just moving around, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, I that's- fought him three times. I'm used to him booting me all over the place." <laughs> <laughs> what is that like fighting that guy? Hard. <laughs> you know what? It wasn't so much his power or he's accurate. If he wants to hit you straight on the chin, he'll hit you straight on the chin. If he wants to kick you clean across the ribs, he'll kick you clean across the ribs. The first time I fought him, I was only 21. It was a real close fight. Um, I just showed him a little bit too much respect. So again, like I was saying about the Anna White fight earlier, I was saying, get me rematch, get me rematch. I can do better than that, I can do better. And I honestly believed going into that fight, I was going to win. And in the second fight, we absolutely smashed each other to smithereens. I cut him really bad. I rocked him with punches. He hurt me um, as well with a punch and wobbled my legs. We absolutely battered each other. I remember in round four, I won the fourth round and he went grey in the corner. I went and sat down. I went, I'm fucking hell, I'm going to win here. I'm going to win. By the time round five had happened again, all colour back in skin, I blinked and he'd kicked me about 16 times. <laughs> I went, how the fuck did he do that? I ended round to my coach and my coach went, because he's Sanchai. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah, he's, he's not a champion it's, for it's nothing. His, it's his eyes and stuff. Oh, that second fight, even though... I lost it. It's one of my favourites because to be able to push the greatest of all time, well, or at least of the last 20, 30 years, into that deep water. And uh, mm. yeah, I was really proud of that. And it was one of my best moments in sport. And he even said afterwards, said, oh, one of my one of my toughest fights. But um, we're, good, we're good friends now and stuff. And um, I'll probably go over to Thailand and train with him at some point. What amazes me about him is his movement. He's very unusual in the way yeah. he moves around. A light on his feet. In and out. And, and switches stances constantly and is very creative with his approaches. Like, he does all sorts of weird shit. Like, there's one fight. It's on his um, Sanchai Thailand um, Instagram. He, he's he got a guy up against the ropes, and he steps hard yes. to the right and Just throws a left high kick. Oh, and it yeah. takes his and, head off. Yeah. And it's, like, straight up in the air. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like well, if you watch what he does he's first, throwing it like this. Yeah. If you watch what he does first, I think he sets it up by kicking the leg and then bringing mm-hmm. the other one over. Yeah. But he's, he's a master of all stuff like that. I remember yeah. the first time I fought him, he jumped in the air and I looked up and I got kicked in the leg and I thought, what the fuck was that? Where that come from? <laughs> I was looking at him in the air, but my leg got kicked. And I'm thinking, hey, how did he do that? And then when I watched it back, I realised and... Yeah, some of the stuff he does, and no one else can do that. He's so creative. It's artistry, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And that's what you get with like, Lomachenko his, his as well. eyes as well. Yeah. He sees everything. Yeah. Yeah. Lomachenko's also, the same. It's yeah. artistry. They're the same, same yeah. sort of style. He's the Lomachenko Muay Thai. Right. Yeah, it's also the way he, even he hits pads are different. Like the way you hit pads. Like, ah, ah, like, he's, he's just tapping. Pa, 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 he's not hitting in and out full moving. blast. But you don't want to get hit by any of it. No. But he's like constantly moving. When he wants to, it hard as well. Though. He can, like I say, oh, yeah. a, few, a few times he hit me clean on chin. And I remember thinking, fucking hell, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, here he is, like working the pads. Like when you see the way he throws kicks, like he's not, he's not like. He could probably do that shit all day. Yeah, he's just so loose and flexible. Yeah, he's a fucking tremendous fighter, man. And he he must be thirty-seven, thirty-eight now, and he's still. Is he 38? 37, 38. Yeah, that's yeah. Wow, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and he's still wiping the floor with most of the incredible yeah, people he fights. I mean, and just constant movement and attack, his his pressure and his the volume of strikes that he throws. I mean, he's a fucking unbelievable fighter, man. Yeah, definitely a, probably the best without doubt over the last 20 years. I mean, he even yeah. did one fight in the stadiums in Thailand, two on one. And in this one again, two on one, two on one, and this was this were only about five six years ago. Pet Boonchu, Sagat Dao. So Sanchai was ranked number one. Pet Boonchu number two. Sagat Dao probably number three. 
And these weren't like lesser fighters than him. He fought them two on one. How the fuck did he do so that? Sagadal got in. No, Pep Boonchu got in for the first two rounds. Fought. And he went at him and just tried to wear him down and clinch him. For the last three rounds, Sagadal jumped in fresh. Sanjay won. Wow. Won Sagadal's a southpaw. Pep Boonchu's a clincher. Yeah. But they're both so clinchers. They're both clinchers. They both just tried to wear him down. That but, is fucking insane. Oh, there we go. So he fought one guy for two rounds and then the second guy for Came three. Came in fresh, yeah. Unbelievable, man. That is unbelievable. But look at the size difference as well. They're both yeah. miles bigger than him. That yeah. is like... Well, he's always fighting bigger guys, well, right? He, he had to do a giveaway. In the stadiums, with the, how the betting works out there, no one is going to bet if Sanchai comes in at 135 and Pet Boonchu comes in at 135, no one's going to bet because they know Sanchai's going to win. Right. But if Sanchai comes in at 130 and Pet Boonchu comes in at 134, then it's evening it up a little bit. Then mm. the gamblers will all get on it and he's going to... That's what's also interesting about Thailand is that the gambling is such a giant part of the it sport. Influences it so big, and it influences the scoring and the decisions and stuff like that. Um, but what about like guys fixing fights? You hear about it a lot. You, you hear about fighters throwing fights, but then they'll get thrown out of stadium. They won't be allowed to fight back in there. You do hear about that a lot. You also hear about people like dropping stuff in people's drinks to try and just like give them a little advantage so when they're gamblers. Really? Yeah, yeah Petrosian said to me he got poisoned when he fought. Petrosian? Petrosian said to me, whether it's true or not, I don't know, so don't quote me on it, but he told me that when he fought Nonathan Paul Pramuk, they said that he gave, they gave him a drink and he said he was dizzy. Yeah, and that because really? on yeah. that fight, I think they had about a million baht side bet, so it's about 20 grand side bet, their gym and his gym. So you do, do hear about stuff happening like that. Wow, that sucks. It does. What's well, a wild ass fucking place, Thailand, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's great though. I'm sure. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's a great place. Yeah, I love it. I love I love going to the foods there. The, the, you know, especially Kosamui where I go. Yeah, I and love Thai food. Beautiful. Kosamui is beautiful, but you know, you, you know, Bangkok's beautiful. And yeah, I think I spent too change. much time in Bangkok. Though. I lived there for like eighteen months to two years, sort of. So you whenever, out. yeah. So whenever I go now, I I prefer to go to the island so I can train and then relax. Because when I was there, I was just living in the gym all the time, and. I, couldn't, I don't think I could do that anymore now. So right. I prefer to now I could go. Silk sheets, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I can train hard. And then I can... Yeah, the thing is, I was locked in a room in the gym with nothing but a fan blowing hot air on me. No yeah. air con. All tides are there, like fast asleep, snoring. And I'm just there sweating my head off and like, having two hours sleep a night. And I couldn't do that anymore now. Right. I don't, now I, like, I go to the island... I can still train just as hard. There's some great coaches there still, but I can go to the beach. I can relax. And is that like Phuket? Is that where you go? Uh, Phuket or Samui? Yeah, Samui. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is um that is Phuket a safe place to go to? Yeah, yeah. you know, you know, Thailand's safe. Yeah, everywhere you go, they used to like seeing drunken. Not that I ever drink over that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> drunken stumbling down the road for rangs with like lady boys waiting on motorbikes or Falang, uh, foreigners. Uh, foreigners. Okay. You hear horror stories, horror stories about uh, Thailand in the media and stuff like that. There's horror stories everywhere you go. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. I, I've, I've, all the time I've spent there, I've never seen one toward happen. Really? Um, no, never. That's never. amazing. Yeah. Even though obviously it does happen, but it happens everywhere. John Wayne Parr said the same thing. So yeah. he yeah. goes over there and said everyone's lovely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, and he Australia's did the same thing. great. Yeah. Well, he is. I've been to where I've been to his gym and spent time with him. He's another one that if yeah. you saw his silhouette, you'd absolutely know it was him. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. He's so he's got such an odd style yeah. of movement. Yeah, you know, like there's a video of him. Go to John Wayne Parr's Instagram. Yeah. Well, he's changed his style a lot now because obviously when he lived in Thailand, he had to fight the Thai way. Mm -hmm. But like since he's back in Australia now, and he can adapt to that because he's such a good puncher as well. He can yeah. fight both ways. I'm sure if he ever fought in Thailand, which he, he don't need to anymore, he's done all that. But if he did, I'm sure he'd know to. Like look at this, like the way he, he moves, it's a hundred percent. John Wayne Parr, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's very fascinating. Like you, if you watched him, 
you would know for sure if you didn't see his, if you just saw the silhouette, you're like, oh yeah, that's John Wayne Park. Yeah, definitely. Guy's 40 as well, and he's got some engine. 41, 40 months. And he's fighting again in two weeks. You know, Training like a Bellator. fucking savage. Still knocking people out yeah. as well. And one of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. Yeah. yeah just is. couldn't be nicer. Yeah. His wife's nice, and, you know, yeah. and his kid, have you seen yeah. his son Jesse doing flips and shit? And yeah, and his daughter's like a, a killer. Ninja. Yeah, we, yeah, me, yeah, me and her fought on the same show in August last year, and uh, she came over and she beat a British girl. And, yeah, she did, yeah. And she's. She's out there smashing I trained with him well. in my garage and just watching him kick the bag. I was like, holy fuck, that guy kicks hard. Yeah, and he comes down a lot of weight as well. Does JWP, he? yeah. I think I've seen him before and he was like 84 kilos and then like two, three weeks later, boom, 72.5, shredded. Big fan of Australia. I'm a big fan I of Australians. They're just nice people, yeah, man. I I've never been. Place. Never been? Mm-hmm. It's fucking oh. great. Everything can kill you, though. Don't leave your Everything hotel. Everything that begins with S, <laughs> shark, spider, snake, yeah. Yeah. Sasquatch. <laughs> Everything that begins with S in Australia will kill you. Yeah, and I don't like of any shit. of them things. And crocodiles. Some seas yeah. 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 can kill you, too. <laughs> if you're dyslexic, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's a crazy fucking place. But, you know, that's uh, they're pretty close to Thailand, right? Like, yeah. About six hour flight or something. Yeah, it's like that Spain, isn't it? I mean, when an English girl brought the, you know, they go get drunk or go on package holidays. Go to Spain, Thailand's their Spain, really. Is that what you guys do? You go to Spain. Why yeah. do you go to Spain? Yeah, Mallorca. I love Mallorca. Me and my wife go to Mallorca. 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 I yeah. go to Ibiza with, with all my friends. Where Ibiza? Oh, Ibiza. Right. We say Ibiza. You guys say Ibiza. Ibiza. Yeah. But it's a Z. How's it a th? Ibiza. Same like Siobhan. It's not Sayaban. Yeah, I don't know. A beaver. A beaver is a weird one. I've heard people say that. I'm like, where yeah, the fuck Ibiza, are you yeah. talking about? Ibiza. Write that down. And you're like, oh, that says a beza. What did you yeah. just say? <laughs> I don't it's know, a beaver. I'm, I'm too old to go to a beaver now. Just be like, no, oh, not. for all young Well, that's go. a Spain thing, right? Like they use th- they. There's a lot of thugs, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. True. Yeah. Probably is. Yeah. Some good fighters from Spain as well. Fuck yeah. Well, Europe has always had like a r- ridiculous Muay Thai talent. Right? Yeah, the French, uh, I think. Outside mm-hmm. Thailand, I think it's probably France, then England. Who's that guy that um, went to uh, Jean-Marc, what is his name? That Skabowski. Would... Yes. Yeah. Jean-Charles yeah. Skabowski. Yeah. yeah, he was a great fighter. Ooh, I remember when him. he came into that MMA house that Saint-Pierre brought me in, he was still yes. drunk and just fucked them all up. He was up all night drinking at a bar, <laughs> yeah. like went to a club, was drinking, came in, smelled like shit, had a fucking like, a glass with him of alcohol, <laughs> like, and then put on the pads. Like, uh, put on the gloves and beat the shit out of yeah, everybody. Yeah, we're dropping them all and everything. Yeah. But Throwing were, them around, I think he got them. to rank number one at Rajanamnan Stadium when he was fighting, so he was, like, top, top level. And he's promoting now, putting on, like, real good shows. Yeah, really good shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The crazy shows. thing about him is he doesn't look like anything. No. Like yeah. you look he at never him. looked in great shape or yeah. anything, but he, he was like that when he fought. Flat, no but he muscles, could, he but he could, fucks people he up. Could bang, he <laughs> Danny could Bill didn't look like that, did yeah. he? But he could catch the legs and sweep yeah. the ties yeah. and, yeah, and stand you know, with them. Put you to sleep when he Yeah, with that right hand, yeah. John Wayne Parr beat him, though, didn't he? Stops yeah, he knocked him. him out. Well, what was great about Skaborski, though, he used to fight from 140 up to 165. There were no weight class for him. Wow. They just said there's a fight at 165. Do you want to do it? He'd go, yeah. And then he'd go fight. And so you got fight two weeks, 140. He went right, cut the weight. Down wow. to 140. So, yeah, that's why he was so so good. Now, you see a lot of uh, traditional karate style in uh, MMA now, yeah. where a lot of these guys are learning how to fight a different way and throws people off with like front leg side kicks, wider stances that hopping is that, in. Is it Wonder Boy who fights like yes. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't see that in Muay Thai. Well, talk about Tenshin. Tenshin, the kid from Japan, the new kid. Yes. Brilliant. That Southpaw who I love. How do you say his last name? Natsukawa? Ten- Natsukawa, yeah. And, he's um, a fucking amazing. He's well, there's amazing. Him, there's, there's two, actually. There's him and Takaru. 
and they and they, they won't let them fight. They're the same way. Takaru's just won the K one. Um, I think it's sixty kilo or something. He's gone. Yeah, we showed way. a video of Takaru sparring the other day, knocking. Oh someone yeah, out. you yeah. sent me that. Yeah. Horrible, right? Yeah, it's horrible. But you know, tension it came from originally from karate. Ah. He was doing karate as a kid. And the thing is, he's been knocking out ties as well because he's unpredictable and yeah. you don't know what's coming. So fast as well. Yeah. If you can get that balance and in Muay Thai scoring, yeah. it's going to be a bit difficult. Yeah. But for K1, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going Beautiful. to be. Beautiful. Yeah. But it's there's so many different kids. There's Moroccan kids coming from Infusion at the minute that are just, you know, I'm like, wow, he's amazing. He's, and it's just, there's the a tension's only 18, right? Maybe yeah. 19 now? Yeah, we have a, t- we have a fighter called uh, uh, Haruli. Uh, from from Holland, and he's spot. You know that kid you see, the eighteen year old Tyson Nabil Haruli, and just knocking blokes, sparking them. He's just like, there's some dangerous boys about. Them. I'm so glad I'm old. <laughs> I am so glad. Don't hit the old fella. It's uh, it is amazing how uh, combat sports, just like kind of any other sport, they just the new talent just learns from the old ways, yeah. and they get better and better. I mean, it's just there. There's better talent today. It's just evolving, and evolving, yeah. and evolving all the time. In MMA, in particular, because it's such a recent sport. I mean, yeah. MMA's really only been around, like, popular since the 1993, somewhere yeah. around there. So, if you look at like 1993 MMA versus 2018, so it's like it's a fucking the light years difference. But Muay Thai, it's more incremental, right? Yeah. And it's not. It's better, but not as much better. No, the the Westerners are. They're, they're coming on so. So much quicker out than now. Yeah, and I, I just think it's the opportunities that are getting thrown at yeah. them now with like the likes of Yokal, the likes of you know other promotions that are bringing them through. And um, we've just got some really good, like Daniel McGowan and his last performance he fought, and he's, he's going to go and live in Petchendi now. He's sponsored by them. He was absolutely superb. But we've got some. I'm very proud of our country as, when it comes to Muay Thai. I'm very, very and, and proud of it because I've been in the days where. Even before Liam, I've been at 34 years, I've been involved in it, and just seeing ties come over and beat the shit out of people. Like, right. like we're like, hooray, and they're, oh, fuck, and they're getting right. proper levered. The likes of this man here and the likes of other people are, are, are giving us a better chance. You know, so it's, the fights are more competitive. And ties are starting to train. They train for Liam. Like, they, they trained for him. Like, I know that Malai Pet trained solidly for Liam when he fought him on... Uh... Yeah, he'd never, he'd never trained. He trains one week for a fight, doesn't he? But he, he was telling people before, I've trained two months for this. I've trained two months, so... Where'd you fight him on? What car? Lion fight. It was Lion fight. Yeah, right? yeah, I yeah. Beat, him on, beat him on points on Lion yeah. fight. Yeah. Oh, I saw that fight. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah, that was a good yeah. fight. Yeah. Kept sweeping him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a good fight. One judge gave it fucking 50-46 to him. Really? Yeah. Was it Adelaide Bird? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Adelaide. <laughs> yeah. So Lion Fight hasn't had a fight in a long time. I haven't, I haven't heard anything. They Not used to be with Access TV, but they're n- I don't think they are anymore. They're yeah. working with uh, MTGP. It's run by uh, Kieran Kedal, who's with the, the one that MTK. Yeah, they're bringing MMA it into England for now, aren't they? Yeah. Are yeah they, do they have an American outlet anymore? Um, I actually don't know. Fuck! They need something in America because they were big, weren't they? As well, yeah. at one point, like yeah. they, were. they were. You know, like Access TV is Mark Cuban's network, and it's uh, they've got a lot of great fights on it. It's they they've always had like a real good, strong uh, Muay Thai and combat it needs, sports. It needs and, to get all the yuck out. Yeah, then. and well, they have um, Pat Militich is doing commentary for MMA this weekend with that, but it's just they're missing. The, you know the wide distribution of like a Fox or FS1 yeah. or things that have gotten the UFC so popular. Yeah. They've got um, 
They've got two standout fighters as well, really. I think they need more standout fighters to get their fighters like on big shows abroad. Like, they've got Kevin Ross, mm-hmm. um, obviously the Shilling as well, but he's more at MMA and K1. And Onjan Topic, and they're like the two that right. anyone says about, do you know Muay Thai in America? Right. Ross Topic. They're the two that come straight up. Straight well, Shilling is, uh, they're all fighting Bellator. Bellator, yeah, yeah, Bellator, yeah. Bellator, yeah. 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 They're t- champions at Bellator, yeah. aren't they? Which is great. I mean, it's great. I'm, I'm a big fan of Bellator kickboxing. But again, it's kickboxing. It's not Muay yeah, Thai. I, pr- I prefer to watch yeah. Kevin fight Muay Thai because he's I good with his sweeps. He's yeah. good with yeah, his yeah, elbows. Yeah. He likes to go to war. So it's yeah. exciting to watch him do that. Yeah. K1, like you say, it limits what a Muay Thai fighter is yes. can do. Yes. We've got uh, an English girl called Iman Barlow who's Enfusion champion as well. And she's a uh, line fight Muay Thai champion. She's had she's won 10 world titles. She's had 140 fights. And she's Jeez. been fighting since she was four. What? Aren't yeah, she? Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, she's from the Assassin's Gym in uh, Leicester Train by the, her dad, Mark Barlow. The, the, the clip of her, I think. Quality. Yeah, Have you seen it? Where she kicks t- she kicks ten time girl nine times in a row. Go bam, 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 bam and everyone left, lands. Right, left, left, right, left, right, left, right. Left, right. What is her name? Iman, she... Iman Pretty Killer Barlow. Spell that. Uh, um, Iman <laughs> is uh, I-M-A-N, like I-Man. Mm-hmm. Barlow, yeah. Iman Barlow, yeah. B-A-R. It comes from Leicester. <laughs> is that how they talk yeah, from so Leicester? She's, yeah. she, she'll batter me if she sees, when she sees me. But uh, yeah, she's a great fighter. and you know. And, uh, Where's your accent, you guys? Is this Liverpool? I live in Liverpool, but I'm originally from Manchester. So what is the difference to your accent and a Liverpool I, accent? I talk very posh compared to Liverpool. Did you? Uh, Scousers talk like that. He talk like work and yeah, like tilt. Like, yeah. uh, my okay. wife, my wife, Lisa's right a Scouser. Yeah. Is this the one? Yeah, it's not the five. Oh, point. damn, that's serious. I think it's a, I think it's Marina's waiver there. Bone head kick. Oh, oh yeah. to the yeah. body and then to the head. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Bone. Fuck. Yeah, that's the thing about legs, man. I mean, every woman that weighs 130 pounds is carrying 130 pounds around all day with their legs. Yeah. Yeah. Try walking around on your hands all day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Women can knock you the fuck out. She's only yeah. small, man, though, isn't she? Was she 115? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she's only small. She's sound, though, isn't she? Yeah. She's it's, a really nice girl. It's she's like, unheard of, though, for a girl to yeah. have 100 plus fights. It's, it's ridiculous, really, when you think about it, but she's still smashing it. And she's yeah, won, she is. She's yeah. won about 95, 96%. Yeah, she has, yeah. <laughs> Well, how old are you now, Liam? 32. So you're still in your prime right now? I think so, yeah. I mean, um, my last 10 fights, I've probably won eight. Um, the two losses have been on points. One to Fabio Pinker, top-level operator, um, and another one and to another French boy. We're both on points. But all my fights in between that, I've either knocked them out or stopped them. And I've, I feel when I'm training and when I'm fighting, I feel like I'm in prime. I feel like I'm stronger than ever. I feel like I'm faster than ever and sharper than ever. I've still got the hunger. Um I'm still really wanting to fight all the time. It's all all I'm concentrating on, as well as I'm training others as well. But my sole intention is still... I've still got goals. That's the thing. Like um, I know I've had a lot of fights and stuff, but I've still got goals that I want to achieve and I want to do. And um, Like what are the... Um, well, I won the WBC title in 2015. And um, you can see I've got a metal plate in my hand there. I brought my hand and they didn't even give me a chance to... They just stripped me of the belt straight away. They didn't give me a chance to say, right, wait a few months, defend. we can defend it then. They just stripped me of it. And now other people have won it and stuff. So uh, I want to win that belt back. And I've lit. I'm so like, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this. So when you had surgery on your hand, they just stripped you? Yeah, they just took it off me, yeah. Why'd they do that? I don't know. I think they wanted the French boy who I went to defend uh, against to fight for it because yeah. it was in France. So they let him fight for it and then he, he won it and stuff. But now I think the title's vacant or, or something. I think the champion's moved up weight. It's become vacant again. I probably shouldn't be saying this, but I am fighting for it later on in the year. Oh. Against a real, real strong 
um, fighter as well. I'm, I I don't think it's been released. So I'm not allowed to say it, I don't okay. think. But he's going to be in probably one of the biggest fights Britain's seen in, in a long time. So obviously I've got that looking forward to. In July, massive, massive fight. I'm defending my UK number one spot. I've been looking forward to this for ages. I've been number one in the UK for about 13 years. And now there's a lot of talk about a guy, Charlie Peters, number two in the rankings, climbed his way up, had some big wins, earned his shot. He's got the whole country divided. It's not for south. I'm from Leeds, which is up north. He's from London, which is down south. So he's got the country divided. Um, he's earned his shot, so I'm really looking forward to that. That's and, a bit uh, of a grudge match. Um, yeah, you could say that. A bit of not, shit talking going on yeah, there. Yeah, a little bit. A bit. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> um, I'm fucking useless at shit talk, though. I like throwing insult out there. It just doesn't even make no sense. And I just go, <laughs> what the fuck have I just done there? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I just look a complete idiot. So. It's funny, man. Are you either good at that shit or you're yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. Like, Connor's got a gift. Yeah. You know? Connor McGregor. Yeah, he's got Till's a, good at it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Louis Leo I mentioned earlier he's good at it he's, I'm, I'm fucking useless so I just keep my mouth shut so where's the best way that most people can watch you fight like a lot of these fights you're going to have to watch them after the fact in America right um, yeah it'll, most of them do come straight on YouTube or some and Yokao puts them on they yeah. put them on their YouTube channel yes and is it just Yokao Y O K K A O. Yeah, just on here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, mainly that's that's the one that Liam fights on. There's a lot. Uh, I commentate on them a lot, uh, which are very privileged to do. But yeah, I mean, there's other outlets. If you type in Liam in, in YouTube, whatever, they can watch him. I love the way you commentate because you always say something and you say, "Isn't he? Like <laughs> he's winning, isn't he? Beautiful, that was a great kick, performance. That wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, like you, that's an English thing, man. You right. like, you like, you say something, but then you also want everybody to agree with you. But I think, <laughs> I think it's kind of a. I'm, I'm quarter Welsh. And the uh, Welsh do that, so maybe that's a DNA thing. I mean, it's yeah, a polite thing. I do it all the time, though. I, I say, oh, you were good in wanting. Wanting. Well, me and you were like that all the time. I was good that wanting. You just did it then, me and you are like that all the time, aren't we? Well, I <laughs> noticed that when I was in England, just t having conversations with people, that that's like a, a, a speech pattern that people do over oh. there. Yeah. I learn something new every day. But it's, I, I, I first heard you when you were doing It's Showtime, when you're doing commentary. I remember hearing that. Like, this guy always does that. He always says that after. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> some, of the, some of the things, I mean, there was, there was one fight where Mohammed um, uh, Kamel and uh, Mossab Amrani. And I go, fucking bananas. And looking back at it now, I'm thinking, but they loved it. The Dutch said, yes, we like you uh, screaming like bitch. Yeah. So uh, you do it. You have squeaky voice. It makes the fight That's exciting. great Dutch accent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bill. So um, yeah. I spend that much time in Holland anyway. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, thanks for that. It's, They're uh, the real pioneers, right? When it comes to like uh, expanding into Muay Thai and kickboxing. Yeah. Well, how did that happen? Like the Dutch, it, it was a Kyokushin base yes. originally, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got to thank people like Johan Voss, um, Tom Harrink, um, and uh, another, Jan Plas. Voss trained uh, Ivan Hippolyte, uh, Ernesto Hoost, uh, Shakariki, Dad Bader from the beginning, Peter Ertz, etc. And, and they're the pioneers. And then, But now they've got so many good gyms coming through and so many kids that... They had, it's like they fight like you've stole something from them. You mm. know, they, they just... Blitzkrieg each other and they're like the Thai version of the Thais in Thailand yeah. the Moroccans mm, and yeah. the Dutch they're like in K1 they're that version so hard to beat at that we, spot 
I, I know Liam Liam loves Muay Thai and you know he, I try and talk to Liam about kickboxing and he just gets annoyed but um, it's true though isn't it like, you get annoyed at kickboxing I don't get annoyed at it he's just like he's just Muay Thai you don't watch kickboxing I will if Vinny says watch this fight it's amazing I'll watch it I won't go out of my way to watch it I don't know I just don't isn't that interesting very staunch he likes what he likes and that's it you know well that's how there's a big thing with a lot of Americans you know when it comes to like I've tried to show American fight fans Muay Thai even like good buddies of mine like like, eh. yeah, like yeah. how the fuck can you not like this? Yeah, it's what people like, and it? it's like mm. I, I used to like watch boxing, but now I've been watching uh, like movement specialists. You know, been doing all that movement and stuff. I've I've started doing movement specialists. You know, like, like you know, like, Portal, yeah. Like and I, I train with a guy called Dan Mitten now, and he's a student of Edo Portal. And I like watching that. I yeah. find myself just sat there watching men in men swinging around in rings. To be fair, <laughs> oh, you know what that's I, I, called? It's called manopause. Like is when it? Your, your balls start, stop yeah, working. That's definitely <laughs> to be fair, though, definitely I, true dance. of me. I worked with Dan uh, not long back, and some of the stuff he does is amazing, He's especially class. for Muay Thai. Like obviously your hip flexors and stuff like that are working all the time. Mm-hmm. Some of like the different stuff that you were doing. Obviously, I get really tight around my hips and stuff when I'm kicking yeah. out all the time. And some of the stuff that he showed me and we worked with, it were unbelievable. I felt so much looser. Yeah, we love that guy. But yeah. Have definitely. you ever done any yoga? No, I did a hot yoga once and I nearly died. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, I don't think I'll, I'll do that one again. What? But I should do, to be fair. But I think now that I found Dan and all the different stuff that he showed me, I think that'll... That, that can replace any any sort of yoga I should be doing because this stuff is is amazing. Well, you, I think it would be a good compliment to your style because your style is so fucking ah. Yeah, you're, you're so like tense and powerful that I would think that like maybe that would like open you up a little bit, yeah, make well, you a little bit stu- more loose. That stuff that Dan does, it it does it like it's opening using different joints and stuff mm-hmm. and putting me in positions that I'm not used to. And to be fair, it is it is hard, but after you've done it and you after you've done the workout and stuff that like, he's shown you. You feel loose. And yeah. You feel amazing. It's, it's brilliant. It's really, it's really good. It's horrific. I go every Wednesday morning and I'm, I don't want to go. I'll, I'll fucking tell you the truth. I'm driving down there. It's an hour away from me. And I'm thinking, fuck this. And then I get there and it's just uh, 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 it's just a very, very special dude. How illegal is weed in England? I'm, I'm not into it, me. Listen, bro. Take two solid hits and then go to yoga class. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, I took two solid hits, I'd be hiding around back of my sofa. I'm telling you, it's not for Especially me. Especially American I, weed. Yeah. <laughs> Get a hold of some of this California shit. You'll yeah. be in an orbit. Serious but paranoia. Two, two hits and then go to a yoga class. It's like you're on a journey. You're like you get out of there an hour, hour and a half later, it's perfect because an hour and a half into the sweating, the pot's worn off, and you like you come back down. But in the middle of it, you feel like the world's going to end any second now. In the middle of the class, like there's no way this could be sustainable. There's no way I'm not going to survive. The, the whole world, you just think about everything that's Ke- going on. Kevin Tracy, get on with Joe. We're like a house on fire. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, me, mum and dad. <laughs> Uh, not me, I can't do it. Don't, don't agree with me. I love it for yoga. It's one of my favorite things ever. Take two hits and go to yoga class. But the thing is, when you're stoned, you can't not be on stone quick. You're just like, oh shit, right. gotta wait for it to wear off. No, there's no wearing off quick. Yeah. Well, Caffeine I, helps a little bit. Coffee. Yeah, I remember coffee. Jordan gave me a drop of cannabis oil before and I like melted into his sofa for about six hours and I couldn't <laughs> move and I'm thinking, I'm dead. I'm, dead. I'm, dead. I'm done here. Can't I had get, some last time, last time I was here, I had some and I, I had some cannabis oil and I was sat there watching TV. And then I was like, fucking hell, are those mine? <laughs> and, then, and then I got the remote control from the TV and this guy was going, no, 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 and I turned him over and I went, ha. <laughs> <laughs> to me fucking self. And then I knew, thought, no, it's not for you, this. 
Well, it's just one of those things like anything else. You got to ease into it. You got to understand what <laughs> you're doing. Into stool. Yeah. I just, I'd like it for just relaxation and reflection, you know? Yeah. And I think it's also great for like pain management. And like, you know, after you're done training, everything's sore, your shoulders, yeah. your elbows. Yeah, well, but, well, my mom and dad, they, they both love it, but I've just never been able to. I remember I tried two drugs before and I nearly had a fucking paranoia attack. I yeah. just hit, I had to go hide. Got to dig a little yeah. one. But those are. But I'm those that are, type of guy that I'm all or nothing. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, like, I'm sure. Yeah, with every aspect. So yeah, if yeah. you approach Pac the way you approach Muay Thai, that could be big a real mis- fucking big problem. mistake. Yeah. And I tried holding pads for him. I was holding pads for him the other day, and I said, "Right, just, just bang. No, just uh, bang. <laughs> just bang. Okay, just bang it." Then. So you're trying to like get him to settle down, and he. Yeah, just, I mean, I'm, I'm. No, nowhere near the level of his coach. I just hold pads in the in the, right. in the way that I can. I'm more of a boxing holding pads for boxing because there's no way he's hit. I've held pads for Jordan Watson, and I am not holding pads. I'm not experiencing that again. I'm an old right. man, and I'm not holding pads for yeah, him. Jordan kicks no. twice as hard as me as well. His kicks are absolutely ridiculous. He probably breaks straight through that machine out there. Yeah, yeah it's I'd an like absolute, to get him in here. Absolute yeah. nightmare holding pads for him. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've seen him fight. Yeah. I saw him fight Giorgio too. Got caught with that crazy oh, yeah, right yeah. hook. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fatal mistake. That yeah, you that know, he's, Giorgio Petrosian has got such good eyesight that he's just. Um, yeah, I, I knew about him. him and I knew about him years before. Didn't oh, about so I was telling everyone about fifteen years kid, ago. Yeah, this kid, this kid, this kid. My boxer fought him, and we went in and we heard about this kid. Oh, Giorgio Petrosian was like, right, whatever. Yes, he's unbeaten. Blah blah blah. I thought, fuck off. They're just trying to scare you. Don't worry. My boxer went out. He was a great fighter himself, Rick Barn, a lovely kid, got his own gym. And uh, fought, blah, blah, bam, slipped, got caught, dropped, body shot, then he got up again, body shot, leg kick, bang. And he come back and he said, I could have done this, I could have done that. I said, you fucking couldn't. I'll tell you what, the most said, this imp- kid's special. impressive thing about him as well, he used to watch the videos that Vinny used to send me, and I think, oh, well, he looks all right. I commentated with Vinny once live on him, and I just saw the subtle stuff that he does yeah. up close, you know, the little slips, the little step off from Southpaw. Mm-hmm. And I just said to Vinny, I like, took the mic away, I went, this is fucking unreal. Just yeah. the subtle stuff, which is what yeah. makes him yeah, yeah. a level above anyone yeah. else. He's the, the greatest doctor. K1 fighter of all time. Yeah, and I mean, he, he puts... He, what he does is negates you, it negates your rhythm. So you, like when the Dutch fight, the Dutch fight mainly in combination. They fire fa- fast hands, fast kicks. They fire them straight. But he negates that first shot. And then right. he'll step off so yeah, he can't reach so the game, yeah. he, he puts that right palm yeah. out. Yeah. He, he fights southpaw, yeah. puts that right palm out, and yeah. he throws a lot of teep kicks off that right yeah. front leg. And he's and strong as well. I think he's deceptively strong. He's Armenian. He's not actually Italian. His, his real name is Gevorg. He's real, he, he, they call him Giorgio Petrosian, but his real name is Gevorg. They changed it because it's more palatable for the Italians. Oh. But he's, uh, yeah, he's a very, very special individual. So technical. Yeah. And a really interesting guy to watch him train yeah. too. Yeah, I love I love watching him on pads. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Nothing's done over hard or anything. It's all just done perfect. Yeah, every shot is perfect. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and again, like everybody's got their own style. Yeah. It's a, that's one of the beautiful things about Muay Thai is that like the the art is very straightforward. You have your eight weapons, but it's like how you apply those yeah. is all based on creativity, your own yeah. personal preferences. Yeah, that's the great thing about like when you watch the top ties in Thailand. You'll have um, a technician. But then you'll have a big clincher, and they might be getting the floor white with them outside the clinch. But as soon as they grab hold and they start banging them big knees in and stuff, mm. it's going to make the fight a lot more interesting. It's then the technician's job to keep him off the teep, to move, to score yeah. with the kicks. That's what the great thing about Muay Thai. That's, what's, that's why I love it so much. Well, that's why I think it's the best striking style, is because it incorporates so much grappling. Yeah. There's so much sweeps and, and and clinch and knee work and controlling the back of the neck, and you know, yeah. it's just. 
it's so effective to take that out. Like when I watch a boxing match and they're like, break. I'm like, why are you breaking? Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. go back and watch old Jack Johnson fights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ever exactly, watch old yeah. Jack Johnson fights? I've never yeah. seen that. Jack yeah, Johnson Hans, clinched the shit out of dirt everybody. Clinched yeah. everybody. Well, Matt Skelton did, didn't out. he? Matt Skelton, you yeah, yeah. that was a heavyweight from England. He, he, used, to, he used to clinch. But I've since been working with Liam and doing the seminars that we've been doing. I've been doing it a long time. And I'm watching him and I'm going, I didn't know that. I didn't mm. know that. And it's been brilliant for me to fall in love with Muay Thai again. Because mm. you'll see what he does in it. I didn't know that. How did he... Hey. Well, there's you know. so much to boxing, right? I mean, when you see a guy like a Floyd Mayweather or a real technician like Lomachenko, just there's so much to learn. Now add leg kicks, knees, head kicks, elbows, clinch, all this other stuff. I mean, Muay Thai is almost never-ending. Yeah. I, I say all the time. I've been training only 20 years, and I learn every day. Every day I will learn just something new, whether it's some, from someone in the gym who I've been sparring whether it's from my coach Richard, whether it's from a YouTube video, watching a fight in Thailand or something, I'm still learning every single day. And I remember um, my trainer from Thailand, Jay, when I was living there, he was saying, I'm 50 years old, I've been doing this 40 years. He said, I learn every day as well. That's it, amazing. It's never, yeah, yeah, it's never ending. That's why I'm in love with it so much. Yeah, Jiu-Jitsu is very similar but I could imagine, well. yeah, I'm about yeah. to say, I, I could imagine MMA being exactly yeah. the same, but the wrestling is Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah, it's just one of those things that on the outside you don't see it, but yeah. the closer you get to it, the more you realize, like, wow, this thing is like never ending. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and you know what? I'll be honest, I've not met anyone that I'd really dislike in it. They're all pretty decent, aren't they? Nice people. Yeah, you yeah. meet and they knock fuck out of each other, then they're like, Cheers. Well, talk about a character developer. Yeah. I mean, what develops your character more than combat sports? Yeah. yeah you know? true. I mean, you, you find out who the fuck you are. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we'll come back about to what we, I was saying earlier. You find out who you are. Some people think, fuck this, that ain't me. Other yeah. people say, fuck yeah, let's do yeah. that again. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that, all the, the best fighters are all the most best people you're going to meet as well, I think. Like, look at how much of a gentleman Petrosian is. He's, yeah, he is in his yeah, I mean, absolute. Do you know what's funny about the fight with Jordan and Petrosian? They're very similar characters. They're very, very nice people. I mean, Jordan is an absolute. You wouldn't think Jordan was a fighter. You no, really when wouldn't. I met him, super nah, sweetheart, lovely guy. And, all right, and he's, but you, you know, and then you, then you, at the end of the fight with Jordan Petrosian, Petrosian runs over and puts his head on him. Yeah. he hugs him. Yeah, because it, 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 I think like attracts like, and I think he, he understood that it was a fight. Once it's over, the bells ring. You know, I said to him because I messaged Jordan Petrosian. He said you. You know, punched another one of my friends. Whatever, congratulations! But <laughs> don't hit another one of my friends. They'll have me to deal with, as if he's fucking scared. <laughs> like it matters. And um, he said, "Oh no, he kicked hard. He kicked really hard. He kicked very, very hard." So he was still respectful. You know, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a good guy. Well, listen, let's wrap this up, Liam. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for and, having me. Uh, thank you very much. It's my honor. And thank you for training with me, too. That was no beautiful. No problem. That, thank that you, was mate. awesome for me, man. And uh, people could find you on Twitter at Liam underscore Badco. Yeah, uh, get me on my Instagram. Um, that gets updated all my uh, training. Did I say Twitter? I meant Instagram. Yeah, my Instagram. Instagram. All, all my training clips, uh, yeah. everything I put up post on there, all my fights, all my seminars, all my upcoming stuff that I'll be doing with Vinny will all be thrown onto there. Yeah, and Vinny Shorman, you're on Instagram thank as you. well with a Y, Vinny, yeah. V I N N Y, Shorman. Yeah, and VinnyShorman.com. Get hold of me. We'll see what happens. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Joe. Awesome. Cheers, Take man. Care. Thank you Thank very you. much. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into the podcast. What is it? A podcast? I said podcast, I think. Man, the end of these fucking podcasts. You would think that I'm talking for two hours or whatever the fuck it was, that everything would be warmed up. But as soon as I stop and then I have to do these things, my voice just goes, fuck you. 
Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Thank you to Onnit. Go to O-N-N-I-T. Use the code word ROGAN and you will save 10% off any and all supplements. Thank you also to Square Cash. Download the Square Cash app for free in the App Store or Google Play. Use the promo code Joe Rogan, one word. You will get $5 and $5 will go to our good friend Justin Renz. Fight for the Forgotten Charity to build wells in the Congo. Thank you also to Quip. Uh, Quip, the toothbrush that I use. It's ergonomic. It's delightful. It's well-designed. And Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com forward slash Rogan right now, you will get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com forward slash Rogan. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com forward slash Rogan. Thank you also to The Black Tux. You don't want to look like a fucking schlub whenever you have to go to something fancy. So go to The Black Tux, theblacktux.com forward slash Rogan. Go there. You will get $20 off your purchase. Theblacktux.com forward slash Rogan. 20 bucks off your purchase. The Black Tux premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. And that's it. We did it. That was a whole week. Bam. Fun times. Learned a lot. Had a good time. Yeah. And we got a lot more coming. So we'll see you soon. I uh, appreciate you folks. And uh, that's it for now. Bye-bye. <laughs>